Hello and welcome to Us Weirdos Have to Stick Together, the show where a couple of weirdos talk all about Infinity Train for the very last time. My name is Nobody and I'm joined by the most wanted criminal on the podcast car. It's Vivian. How are you today, Vivian? If, if I apologize to everybody, does that make me no longer the most wanted criminal in the podcast car? I think that's how that works, yeah. Yeah, alright, I'm sorry for whatever it is I did. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess that makes me worse than Kez, because Kez actually at least knew what he did was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> me apologizing for uh, whatever the fuck it is and he's like oh. <laughs> yeah uh, it's always a weird experience to be done with a show huh <laughs> yeah it really is and this one especially it's I mean obviously we're going to talk all about it but it's like the end of this season is so much an end of a season and not the end of a series, you know? Yeah. Especially because, like, I mean, we brought it up earlier in the season, but, like, there's another, like, inkling of, like, stuff going on behind the scenes that the guys just don't fucking know about because there was stuff that was planned for season five. And, like, yep. they just aren't going to get to do that seemingly at all, ever, which is a bummer. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's bad. Like, it's always a bit, it's always, like, I mean, obviously we knew it was an anthology series going in, so, like, it's kind of, like, it would be kind of weird and hard to have, like, a, like, overall, like, this is the, like, big climactic sort of ending for a show, in a sense, when it's, like, never starring the same characters. But it's, like, yeah, that's, it has such, it's such a weird way to just, like, be like, yeah, this is the end of the show. Yeah. Well, it's... It's a weird feeling, right? Because the end that we get here is a really good end to this season, IMO. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's it's a great end to the story of these characters, with one major exception, which I'm sure I will yell about <laughs> later in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a, just a really good place to leave their story. But it's also, it, it's one of those things where they didn't know this was going to be the last episode of the show. Yeah. And as a consequence, like... it just kind of ends feeling a little hollow. Because, like we mentioned before, like they had plans for eight books. Like they literally had plans for twice the length of what the show is. Yeah, <laughs> which is insane to think about. It's like it's like one of those cases where I think back to like how initially the plan for Steam Universe was it was going to end right after they introduced Lapis and made allusion to there still being other gems out there who were looking at Earth, <laughs> which is insane to think about. That it's like again, like. They had like they hadn't introduced Paradise by that point, nor Jasper. Like Lapis was really the first gem to be fully introduced since the very first episode, and it's like that's how you get that's it, what the plan was initially that that would just be the end of like her going off into space. <laughs> that's insane to think about. That it's like none of the rest of the universe would have happened initially. <laughs> uh, it would have been such a weird way to end that, and it's also just a weird way to end Infinity Train. It was just like yeah this. Obviously, it's not like we would expect, like, the train to fucking blow up or whatever in the final season or whatever that they would do, because <laughs> that would be ridiculous. <laughs> oh, certainly. Yeah, it's uh. it's it's weird uh, show finale energy, in a sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. But before we get uh. there... uh. We, we've well before we even get to like the bigger thing that both of us have been uh dealing with in the last uh week basically uh hey i have a job again <laughs> i got a job oh, offer hooray fantastic 
Yeah, I interviewed on Friday, and like literally a few hours after another place had called me to schedule an interview uh, back on Monday, uh, they called me back being like, hey, they want to go with you. And it's like, oh, okay, I feel bad that I told this other place earlier that I would interview with them on Wednesday, but I don't need that anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, like, I've been getting other, like, uh, emails and phone calls being like, hey, we saw you apply for this job, you're still interested? I'm like, ah, I got a job offer, like, yesterday, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's, hey, send it's... a few of those over my way, huh? Yeah, it's been weird because I've been getting, like, more people responding to applications I put in ever since I actually got offered a job again. <laughs> weird. Uh, I'm currently set to start on Monday, uh, at least that's what I expected. Uh, start date was. It kind of depends on, I guess, whether they can get the background and drug check stuff done before then. Potentially, Dang. I don't, I don't actually know. Yeah, because like that's really great. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, well, they offered me the job on uh, earlier this Monday, the eighth. That no, not eighth, the seventh. That passed and everything. So it's like, yeah, they expect me to be able to start right away, but, or at least within a week. That's the hope because I would like to have an income again. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. for the first time in three fucking months. <laughs> <laughs> kind kind of a helpful thing to have, <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah. I briefly mentioned it on the Twitter and the co-host, I think. But uh, yeah, that that court appearance I also had was uh, harrowing because <laughs> uh, turns out it's really fucking nerve wracking to be sitting in the 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 big chair near the front near the judge answering questions for legal purposes. <laughs> <laughs> like it's uh, the. The attorney defending the landlord was such an asshole, though. Like, the the neighbor had told me, like, yeah, she's such a... Like, the neighbor told me ahead of time, like, yeah, she's being such a huge dick. And it's like, she just kept trying to, like, it, dismiss everything that was being said. I'm like, I don't see how that's relevant. And it's like, because, yeah, you should probably hear from the other person that lived in this fucking shitty house. <laughs> in, a, like, a way worse unit than the one that this person who is suing you <laughs> went for. <laughs> I, I felt real nervous though, just being like, I hope I'm not saying anything that's like uh, going against the case that the neighbor has said. And I asked her afterwards when like the court got dismissed, of like, did I didn't contradict you or anything, right? And she's like, no, you're fine. I was like, okay, good. And I would, I would hate to say something that screws up everything. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. Uh, that was right before I actually went to the interview with the place that actually offered me the job. So that was a that was a weird Friday as well. <laughs> Sounds like. Yeah getting up early to go to a court appearance and then uh, running home basically have lunch before going to an interview. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, that's basically been my week, except for, you know, the big topic of discussion. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, I guess I don't have a whole lot going on outside the big topic of discussion. Um, I've found out what the mysterious news my grandmother was talking about a few weeks ago was, so that's nice. Uh, apparently she knows somebody who works at a college, and they're going to start forwarding me the job applications that get sent to the college library, so... Well, that's handy. Why, it is. Why was, why was she acting like that was such a big secret to keep from you? I don't know. <laughs> it's like, oh, I have uh, this way of this means of helping uh, my grandkid out to help get a job. It's like, why is that a big secret? And I'm going <laughs> to say it in the most them? ominous way possible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have something planned for you, my child. Yeah, you gotta wait a few weeks, and it's like, am I gonna murder me in a few weeks? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. 
If I'm honest, I don't know how well that'll work out, because the first one of those came through today, and it's for, like... Let me pull up the, the, the listing. Um, program specialists in indigenous collection items, and that's not a thing that I can do, but... I'm trying to even parse what position that would be, <laughs> just based on that title. Um, so the Library of Congress has a ton of um, materials, artifacts, appropriated and otherwise, uh, collections from indigenous folks all across the country. Mm -hmm. And they're looking for someone to, like, identify and curate that stuff, as well as maybe reach out and maybe connections to the people who it was taken from maybe and like, like all right yeah i guess i could but that is definitely a position that should not be going to a white person i am yeah yeah you might want to get somebody who's actually like a native american maybe for that <laughs> and also like <laughs> is it to reach out to them to offer to return said item or is it just to I get more sincerely information doubt about it. it i mean i think yeah, it's that's, just for that's... information yes yeah, that seems to basically just be the recurring uh, thing that happens all the time when it comes to white people having taken something from people who are not white. And then it's like, well, this goes in the museum rather than going back to y'all or going on the fucking crown of the British royalty. Okay, Yay. let's see. Hmm. Blah, 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 blah. Position will identify and engage with stakeholders and professionals in the development of new and updated headings. So it's literally just someone whose job is to go through the Library of Congress archives and go, oh, wow, that's a slur. We can't have that. Uh, I'm going to call somebody. <laughs> what should we put here instead of this slur? Oh, boy. Well, that's I guess the whole job, apparently. I guess it's better to at least have them updated to not have slurs and stuff like that anymore. <laughs> yeah, I guess. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that's... The job search is not going great on my end. As ever, the library is not a great place to be trying to get into. <laughs> mm. yeah, at, at least you've had a job for, like, basically since you got back from Canada. Like, you've had a job. You've had a job more recently than me, we'll put it. <laughs> well, that's true, yeah. I do have that gig, but it's also, like, it's a 28-hour-a-week job at $10 an hour. So uh, it's... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I ain't paying rent on this, you know what I mean? No, no, you're making like two fifty after tax, if if that, if you're lucky, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just like at least it's something. It's it's, it's more something for sure. It it's is more than what you had. The credit card bills. Yeah, it's it's more than what you had for like a year, the like year and a half or so that you were in Canada. That's that's a long time to not have a job, basically. Like yeah, I've been going. You know, to... It's weird. I had so much savings, and my parents like put up so much for tuition and stuff mm -hmm. that like that entire year and a half that I was unemployed I felt wealthier than I do now that I have to adjust Oof, yeah <laughs> it's like one of those cases when like before I moved down to North Carolina I was like I have like three thousand dollars saved up because of this le uh, last year I lived in Pennsylvania since I came back from Japan and it's like mm -hmm. I've not had that nearly that much in savings in a long time <laughs> <laughs> to be fair that was also because it basically took me like better part of three months to actually find the proper job there and even then that was like just uh again like job that was only paying ten dollars an hour because i don't know what it is like but it's like the jobs i had in north carolina were all like pitiful when it came to pay like this one is like actually more than i was making after i got that 
two dollar raise at my previous job, the one I'm gonna be starting. It's like it's hmm. well, it's fifty one cents more because it's eighteen fifty one per hour. It's just a weird amount to be like, why not just eighteen fifty? Like I, I'll take <laughs> the extra penny, I guess, but it's so weird to have that um, or that one little extra penny per hour. It's just strange, but it's like it's fifty. <laughs> it, 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 yeah, it, yeah. But also, it's like Connecticut is also expensive. Is a thing too. Well, that's probably true. I haven't looked at Connecticut. I just eighteen fifty is more than the starting pay of almost every library job I've yeah, applied to. Yeah, I feel I bad to get about a master's that. for those. Yeah, I mean the the thing here is that like when I last had the job in North Carolina, I was making twelve thirty six an hour, I think, because in like the two and a half-ish years that I worked at that job, they only gave me that 36 cent raise. It was, again, a oh, weird wow. number. Yeah, that's that sucks. brutal. That that was one of the reasons why, besides getting out of the South, that I wanted to basically leave that job by the end, because like they, you've offered me one raise in two and a half years of me handling basically everything in the mailroom for two weeks at a time during the entirety of COVID. Fuck off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, like, that was just, like, miserable, but, like, I could still at least, like, make ends meet with my apartment then, and, like, the apartment that I was in at the time started, I think, at $750 a month, and, like, in those two, that the three years I was there, like, it was yeah. basically gonna, it was basically gonna be, like, if I stayed for a fourth year, it was gonna get to, like, I think 880 a month, it was just kept increasing, because... Okay fuck everything so that's again one of the reasons i was saying like fuck that like i currently play 970 here so it's like and also my my job that i have lined up is only 10 minute drive away it's like it's not at all bad so i'm at least gonna be saving more on gas so at least i can start actually saving up again to ideally at one point actually get my surgery done that i want That's the dream. That that was at least like I, I had to kind of like plan it out. Like, okay, I should have at least like five or six thousand saved up by like the start of twenty twenty three. So maybe I can get it done in like er, like spring or so if I have insurance. And then obviously my once I figure that out, it's like weeks later. It's like, hey, you don't have a job anymore. It's like, thanks. This plan's out the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still curious about what the factor was in that overall. Like, I don't know if it was just literally the fact that they didn't want to offer me full employment after a year and the contract could only stay a year. I could see it was mostly that, but also, it's like, I feel like it was also partly me kind of being like, my coworker is useless, you'll have to get somebody else or train this guy or actually have consequences for him fucking things up and taking forever. Or the fact that, like, I had that back-to-back stuff in January and February of being out for a while because of COVID and mm-hmm. then homelessness. Which is, like, it would suck if that was a factor when it's, like, neither of those were my fault. I didn't choose to get COVID. I didn't choose to be homeless. <laughs> but I also could see them be like, well, this person's not reliable because they had to be out for basically, like, roughly two weeks within a month of it, each of them. So I guess we need to just ditch them as soon as we can. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Which would suck if that was the case, but who knows. Yeah. Also, also yeah. I can't help but wonder if it's just, like, the fact that I was just, like, overtly a queer person, like, especially a trans person. They were like, oh, we don't want the trans, this person sits, we'll keep them. Who can fucking say? Fuck that job. Yeah. I've hoped, I've hoped that over the last three months that guy basically got canned or left the job because he couldn't handle it himself, and that they've been hemorrhaging all that stuff and having a miserable time without me. <laughs> Because if they're just gonna let me go, at well, given how corporate works, I'm sure he's in upper management by this point. <laughs> uh, I don't know. 
considering that they didn't <laughs> offer me any sort of like even just like a permanent position within a year there after me proving that I could actually be reliable to do the job at a faster pace and also could do more duties rather than just the mail process. I don't know. For all I know, again, he might have because he was a cis and white dude. <laughs> and I am a trans person. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah. But yeah. Do we do we want to get into talking about Baldur's Gate, though? <laughs> <laughs> well, I oh, suppose we could. Uh, let me check my... Let's see. I have already played 41.3 hours of this fucking video game. <laughs> and I'm still a night one. I'm still in, like, basically the starting area. <laughs> to be fair, I'm I... am sure you've got me beat, if I'm honest. To be, to be fair, I Let's mean, part of, part of that was because I also did restart because I wanted to change my character's race, which is the only thing you can't change, obviously. Because I, like, I thought about it more and was like, I actually want to go to College of Lore Bard. I don't really want to do uh, College of Valor, basically. And I was like, mostly because I was, like, starting to actually really get into, like, changing up the character stats and stuff a little bit with, like, you know, paying withers to do that stuff. Which I know is like, it's funny because like most of the people I've talked to have been like, oh, I'm not doing that in my first playthrough. I'm keeping everybody in their default class. And it's like, well, I mean, like basically I went back to like, pretty much the only one that I've actually changed that I'm using in my party now is Shadowheart because I changed her to Druid as opposed to Cleric, where it's like, Druid can still praise the god of death, basically. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that that's, there, uh, the stuff in that story that's like, yeah, there are dru- other Druids that are not supporting the, the good causes here. <laughs> it actually turns out. Yeah. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, that's not too far off, and she's still a divine spellcaster, so it still fits. <laughs> it was mostly because I had her initially changed over to Rogue, because I was, like, trying to go for just, like, an all-female character cast, basically, but then mm-hmm. I was like, ah, like, Zell just really fucking hates me, and I'm never going to make any trial-like options that make her happy. <laughs> like, Asarion is, like, at least, like, he's questionable, but at least, like, he seems like he's alright with the things I do, usually. So I was like, yeah, we'll bring, we'll bring him back in as Rogue. And also, because, like, it's handy because I have a bow that on the crit you get back a spell slot. So it's, like, giving him as, like, my idea of, like, Arcane Trickster 10 yeah. and Diviner Wizard 2. It's like, he's going to have spell slots. He's getting sneak attacks a lot. So he's going to have advantage a lot because he's being a stealthy little asshole. You can actually use that longbow because he's an elf. Because he has proficiency with that. <laughs> as opposed to Lazelle, who, like, I never used to ever use the bow because she has a dex modifier of 10. Because she's in heavy armor. Why would she have dex? <laughs> well, yes. I don't know. That's weird. I mean, yeah. she's mean for sure, but she's definitely into me, so I don't... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you're forever along. Like, the last time I was in the cutscene, she literally tried to stab me because he's like, we're turning, I'm gonna kill us all to make sure we don't turn. And it's like, lady, we, we clearly have something else going on here. If it's been, like, two weeks since we got these parasites, we should have actually turned by now. We're not going to actually... <laughs> you don't have to resort to this. <laughs> but it's mostly just, like, I, I don't play, like, intimidation characters. Like, I, I mean, I'm playing a bard lock. I have charisma as my main stat. I don't have proficiency in intimidate, because that's just not how I play games, really. <laughs> I'm not the well, yeah. asshole person. And she Why very much is, be? like... It's terrible. Yeah, and again, she's very much like the whole, like, the ends justify the means, you have to do what you need to do, and it's like, I get that, like, the entire party is to certain degrees of that in different ways, and I do kind of like that, that, like, there's no, like, overtly good or overtly bad individual in the party, because, you know, they all have different moralities, and it's, like, it's very much funny that it's, like, described as, like, 
if these people weren't in this condition of having to work together to figure out this shit out, they would absolutely be killing each other at the worst, or just be punching each other at the best. Because <laughs> none of these people get along. Except Carlyke. Carlyke would probably get along with people anyway, because she's rules. <laughs> I guess now, honestly, with... the sitch I found myself in with Laizel is along the lines of, um, I do not understand why you are doing this. Why are you helping these people? They are weak and pathetic. They yeah. like, they should be doing this on their own. But mm -hmm. the fact that you are doing this proves that you are powerful and strong, and I respect that. Yeah, like it's it's. I do like that. Like they actually do have. They're like these are character motivations that tie into the backstory runs that they have, which you can't change those in terms of like the character adjustment stuff, like the respecting, because like. You can change stats, the skill proficiencies they have from their classes and races, or not race, because race are ones are set unless you're human. But like stuff like that, mm -hmm. you can change, but obviously you can't change their backgrounds nor your race. Well, yeah, but it's, yeah, but it's, I do at least like that. It's like there are things that like if they do those or if, like you know if you're on character, if you did them, that's when you get inspiration, which is not the mechanic my friends and I actually use in our like well not home game, our roll twenty game. We've never used inspiration as a thing, just because it's like, eh, you know. It it feels weird and a little bit gamey of like you did what your character would do and it's like that's kind of what your character should be doing because that's just who they are as a person right <laughs> rather than getting a <laughs> reward to change fate basically yeah, change a die roll <laughs> but yeah it's uh... yeah I mean I'm very much of the same mind a lot of the time it's just I understand awarding inspiration for specific good uh, role playing. That's great, but it can't yeah. be just for like fulfilling your ideal. That's yeah, like it's like it's like stuff like I consider it like uh, like if it was like the characters are like playing into their like whole character pitch, it's like you know that would probably be like something that would like more get them like advantage on a role related to that or something because it's like yeah, you're actually like playing into like what your character would do as opposed to like what you as a player would do to gamify the system in a sense. <laughs> or whatever yeah it, it's a fun game i still don't know whatever the fuck happened in one and two and based on the fact that you said you quit that because you hated those games overall i don't think i'm gonna learn for the most part unless i actually watched like a what the fuck happened in these other games from 20 years ago <laughs> yeah yeah i'm gonna yeah. be honest i didn't even try to i just I, 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 yeah. one i kept trying so hard to get through one that i was still playing playing by which I mean turning on and playing mm -hmm. for five-ish minutes and then rage quitting. For, yeah, like, yeah, because I uh, mean, like, Baldur's Gate 2 was released in 2000. So yeah. it's like, that game is older than Wind Waker. <laughs> and it shows compared to Wind Waker, where, like, Wind Waker on the GameCube still looks good. <laughs> I just, everything I've seen about 2, it seems to be exactly the same as 1, but with a different story. Like, same mechanic, mm. same system and all. And yeah. since I dislike that system so much, it's why would I bother, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, at that point, it's like, well, you're kind of just, like, making yourself miserable in a sense with that. Yeah, like, for sure. Uh, Yeah, the original was only released, like, two years before, in 98, so it's like, yeah, that probably wouldn't have been, like, as much of a time skip for, like, you know, tweaking things. Obviously, they also had, like, various spin-offs, like, oh, I didn't realize Dark Alliance is, like, part of Baldur's Gate. Weird. <laughs> and I guess also by extension, like the bad D and D Dark Alliance game from like June twenty twenty one was part of that. People hated that game. Not necessarily. <laughs> it's weird, right? It's like D and D and Warhammer do the same thing because they've been going for so long, but 
we'll say like, oh, this is the name of a thing people cared about in the past. Let's just rename a totally different thing with that same name. So yeah, it's very possible that this is a totally different Dark Alliance. It has nothing to do with the previous one. I mean, I, w- I was looking at the wiki entry for Baldur's Gate and it includes those as part of it. Like, well, I guess it's okay. part of the continuity. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> I mean, I knew the first one was, but all right. Yeah, no, they they include all that stuff. <laughs> Weird. I mean, it could just be tangentially like these are all sound like the Sword Coast, which is why they're technically well, related. Well, yeah, because like the uh the, the canon of Faerun is weird and annoying, and don't even try to think about it because you <laughs> will go mad. Yeah, I like, like I, even I do within the the company. There are different writers and artists going well no actually that's wrong mine is the real one and there's no like definitive yeah i i like that like, i actually did relate to like playzell a little bit because like like in a little bit of conversation where she's like you will tell me everything about this fey run and like your character can be like actually it's pronounced fey rune but that's not voice so i was like wait was it not pronounced fey run i always thought it was fey run when i saw that written out and no i apparently it is fey rune <laughs> Yeah, 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 like it was also like a very, very funny the part that after her and she just kind of like looks off to the side a little bit, being like, "I'm not familiar with the, I guess you couldn't call it culture, <laughs> the nomenclature, I guess." <laughs> it's like I was expecting her to fucking headbutt me <laughs> with correcting her. <laughs> That's just kind of person she is. Yeah, it's uh, it's a super fun game. I did not. It's weird for me to be like. Wow, like two of the biggest like name games that we that I am looking forward to from this year are franchises I never touched before because it's that and Armored Core Six, <laughs> and it's like going into this year I would have been like, no, it's obviously Tears of the Kingdom, and then I just super fell off of Tears of the Kingdom and didn't do past like the first dungeon in that because like I think in that case it was just because like that obviously wasn't as brand new compared to obviously it was just the same setting as Breath of the Wild with a lot of the same mechanics just changed up. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, it's it's got the same chemistry system. It's just how you interact with it is different now, and it's like, I don't know. It was like just not as interesting to me, I guess overall. And I mean, I still haven't like continued Pikmin since I saw credits, and it's like, yeah, of all the things that I didn't expect to be super stoked about this year, it's two franchises that I never gave a shit about till now. <laughs> well, you know, it's I'm not. Oh exactly surprised that this one is doing it for you as much as you love character building mm-hmm. like... yeah true <laughs> true how how often have i been just like talking to basically myself in our tabletop segment just being like this is character builds i think i'm gonna do for 5e yeah and then <laughs> it's you have, all the time what 10 people to mess with it's like... basically yeah basically <laughs> which is also like i guess partly also why i didn't feel weird about changing up the character classes for like the Zavis party members because like there's some classes that aren't represented by characters like I mean there is no bard in all the characters you can recruit there's like yeah. multiple of like the same class which is honestly a little strange I don't think there's I know there's warlock obviously I know there's wizard oh there's oh there's no sorcerer but I think the default class of the dark urge is sorcerer I think I saw so I guess technically you can oh. count that by that but also like I feel like most people are making their own character. <laughs> I don't think people are really playing any of the set party members or the Dark Urge, really. Yeah, that went pretty well, I'd say. That was something I was really concerned about. Because, yeah, uh... like, 
I, I, I've been a little disappointed that the main character doesn't speak in the cutscenes, because, like, they at least still talk around, like, just walking around the world. Like, they obviously have, like, battle quotes, and, like, they'll actually, like, say stuff just walking about to their mm -hmm. characters. So it's, like, obviously I get that there would be, like, a little bit much to have, like, the eight different voice actors all doing all these dialogue scenes, because, like, I think I, it was, like, what, they have, like, 170-ish hours of cinematics in this game or something for all the different permutations and whatnot, which is fucking like insane. I think I read it was 168, because I think they mentioned, like, 168 or something on the Steam page, which is <laughs> a ludicrous amount, but also this game is, like, 125 gigs. It tracks. Uh, but, yeah, it's it's insane. But, like, it's also, like, I don't mind it as much, because, like, you know, the character is still saying those things. It's just that it's not voiced. Like, your option is still impacting stuff. So, yeah, it's it's a little disappointing that they don't say it, but it's like, eh, whatever. It works. It's a little bit more funny when, like, the characters is, like, standing there as one companion just says, like, a fucking, like, three paragraphs or whatever at a time, and then you're just, like, being like, what does that mean? <laughs> I mean, I see where you're coming from, but I guess, in a way, I'm kind of used to it, because that is very much how a lot of these RPGs have worked. Yeah, you can, like, always, like, take into account whatever character the player might make, basically. Yeah, I just checked. They say over 174 hours of cinematics in the game. <laughs> That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. like Neverwinter Nights was exactly the same way, how mm -hmm. the NPCs were voiced and your main character really only talked in combat or in the overworld. So it's yeah. like, I get that it's weird, but also it's just kind of how these games do things. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like... You know, it's like you think about it where it's like, well, like Shepard said stuff in Mass Effect, but also like there were two options for Shepard. There was dude and lady, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> like, and also you can only change like little bits of Shepard's face, and usually changing anything from the default would just mean that Shepard looked weird. <laughs> I don't remember exactly, but I want to say that Neverwinter Nights 2 had like 15 to 20 voice options for each gender, so... <laughs> It was a lot. Yeah, that def definitely more than Baldur's Gate 3, which is 8, but also, like, I mean, even with, like, the ambient dialogue and stuff and the battle quotes, I imagine that's still pretty much, like, a decent amount for having eight different voice actors all do permutations of the same lines, basically. Assuming they are being paid fairly, yes, that is quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I guess I also think of it like, you know, people were uh, annoyed that, like, Byleth in Fire Emblem Three Houses really didn't speak, but it's like, Technically, they do. Again, it's just not voice because, like, that's kind of part of Violet's whole character. <laughs> like, it's a thing where, like, people bring up, like, oh, yeah, Violet doesn't really, like, emote much. And that's, like, there's a story reason for that, and it's fucked. <laughs> I don't know if it's going to get to that level in Baldur's Gate, but who knows? I, I, like I said, I'm nowhere. Like, everybody being like, oh, I'm in the other dark, and I'm like, I don't know where the fuck that is. I'm definitely not there. <laughs> <laughs> I've just got to the goblin camp and I'm like close to level five and meanwhile you were like I was like level two four when I got there or three or whatever. <laughs> three. <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile it's like there like some of the tougher fights there are like level five enemies and it's like, okay. <laughs> and and then I got kicked into a fucking spider pit. <laughs> uh, <laughs> game. Is, that is, that's fun. That's just yeah. what this game is. This game is always like, oh, can I do that? Oh, I can. That fucking rules. And then it happens to you. And you're like, oh, no, this sucks. Fuck this game. <laughs> Which is like, and that was basically how it was in the Divinity games. Because, like, I only played a little bit of Divinity Original Sin 1. I skipped 2 because I didn't actually... 
I think it was also like just because like the characters in that game really weren't necessarily even characters, and I think there weren't even that many to recruit in the original. I don't I don't <laughs> know fully. I just remember there was like two characters in particular, like a fighter lady and like a like wizard guy that joined early on, and like you had like your two characters you could make because they were like I think they were siblings. I forget in the first one. Interesting. I think, the sec- I think the second one you only make one character, and that's the one you can be a skeleton guy in. <laughs> Where people freak out if you don't have a helmet covering your face because you're a skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah like they basically took like the groundwork of that and basically just applied it to 5e i think because it's like it still has all like the environmental effect stuff because that was yeah. all in a divinity which is like oh yeah it turns out uh you don't want to stand in water or somebody's gonna shoot lightning at you because that's a bad time <laughs> yeah i really appreciate like it's definitely still there mm-hmm. but i i didn't play the first divinity i played dos 2 and in DOS 2, there is, like, no situation in any fight where you are not dealing with an environmental. It's, like, just constant, and it's really... It's it's basically yeah, I, annoying. Yeah, like, I mean, that's not in the case of, like, every fight in Baldur's Gate 3 so far. It's, like, it's more like, okay, yeah, like, that goblin camp, the interior, does have that pit with the spiders, which, again, I didn't see the spiders in there. It wasn't showing them on the camera until they fucking hexed uh, Karlak to have a, a disadvantage on strength, and then they just fucking shoved her in. And it's like, oh, cool, there's spiders here. Of course there'd be spiders here. They dropped the guy in this pit. Why would there not be spiders here? <laughs> That's really interesting, because when I went through that, the spiders, uh, I could see them, and I thought, okay, well, I'll just deal with those guys later. But what they were doing was the spiders were just sitting there and shooting me with their ranged weapons, which they apparently have. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, because I guess some spiders can spit. Like the, other, the only other spiders I've seen so far was uh, face spiders in the cave with the the spider matriarch, which uh, that was a uh, that was a fun time because one of the face spiders early on uh, could not figure out the pathfinding because it was on like a higher level, so it kept just walking backwards trying to angle itself and then just warping back to where it started. So it's like, okay, I guess you just stay up there to like clear out these other guys. <laughs> and, and then like later on, like I find the big spider, and it's like, of course it's a fucking giant mom spider. Of course there fucking is. It's D and D. Of course, of course that's a giant spider. <laughs> There's more big spiders. There's a larger one. That fight it's actually. That fight actually went really well because the the, the matriarch kept standing on the webbing pathways. And I just kept burning them and just dealing like forty damage and fall damage to her. I did like <laughs> I did like eighty something damage to her, like one twenty five health or whatever, just in two shots of like shooting uh firebolt at the webbing she was on and just having her fall. <laughs> and like all of her basically uh like two I think two of the phase, like the larger phase fighters are on like the lower level, so that's why I put a spiritual weapon and like when the babies hatched, like, all but one just jumped to go fight it, and they were doing, like, nothing the entire time. So, like, the spiritual weapon is just tanking all those baby spiders, and it's like, well, I guess I basically just have to deal with, like, these two adult spiders and the matriarch myself while this tanks everything. <laughs> so, it's like, it's just fun when, like, again, like, when you realize, it's like, wait, that weapon has five health, and it shows that the weakness to fire. Could I just make her fucking fall? Sure enough, yeah. <laughs> it's like earlier, again, in the goblin camp, when, like, I was, like, I found the the weak wall to get into the rafters part, and while I was up there, I was like, "Wait, can I shoot the, uh, the braziers down?" And like, I was trying to shoot the rope, and it wasn't doing anything. I was like, "Hmm, maybe I'm looking at the wrong target." So I looked up; it wasn't there. But I found like the brace, like the bar, or whatever, right above the brazier, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, I can hurt shoot that." 
And I was, like, trying to fight the camera because it was, like, very much not cooperating with, like, being, like, trying to look 20 feet down because the camera can be wonky in this game. But, like, I was able to find out that there were some goblins around, so I was like, could I lure them here with minor illusion? I did that, like, five of them failed their inst check about it, walked over, and I was like, fucking shoot that shit, shoot that Astarion, shoot that fuck down, and, then, and he did, and then, like, three of them just fucking instantly died. And I, like, in the dialogue, I saw, like, Cat is, like, imaginary cat is immune to crushing damage. Imaginary cat is immune to fire damage, but it still died because it's, like, it has, like, no health. You basically just have to, like, mm -hmm. do anything to dismiss it. <laughs> and it's, like, dropping a brazier on it, turns out, even if it does zero damage, dismisses the cat. <laughs> <laughs> Which, uh, it's... I haven't seen any other option besides the cat with minor illusion, that was the thing. Which is, like, I get that, obviously, you can't, like, account for, like, every permutation of, like, what certain spells in DME 5e can do. Like, it's like, yeah. you know, like, when you kept... Have you tried to cast this guy's self at all in the game? Yeah. I have not. Basically, I tried that because, like, between my Bardlock and uh, our Astarion as a Arcane Trickster, they both have this guy's self. It basically just gives you, like, masculine and feminine versions of, like, most of the player races. So, it's like, you can't really, like... I mean, you still have to be, like, a humanoid, but you can't get, like, fully creative with it to, like, replicate, like, a certain NPC, basically. Like, you could in, like, you know, if you're playing, like, a home game, it's like, oh, I knocked this guy out, and then they use this guy's self to look like him or whatever. Pretend to be him, basically. Like, you can't get that intricate with it, and just, like, Minor Illusion I've seen so far just makes the cat. It doesn't, like, make, like, any other effect. So it's like, I get that, obviously, it's hard to, like, program all those variables, because that's just how it is. And, like, but there's some stuff that's weird, because, like, uh, I can't, like, when I changed the Shadowheart Druid, I tried using Moonbeam, which was, like, my go-to as my Druid back in three years ago when my friends and I played. And they changed how Moonbeam works, because it doesn't move along the trajectory to hit everything along the way, it just warps to its destination. So it's like, oh, that's kind of a bummer that Moonbeam, you can't just basically, like, fucking moon laser the grounds for 60 feet following people. <laughs> Because that's what I was doing so often as my Druid Raylan, where it's like, okay, can I ping-pong this fucking beam across this entire map to hit, like, all five of these guys? And, like, the GM was just being like, ah, vice up to their bullshit again, and it's like, yep. <laughs> we can't say, nothing really resists radiant damage, except, like, lawful good things you wouldn't be fighting necessarily anyway. And it's like, it's on the Druid spell list, I can cast that. <laughs> That was me just casting that basically all the time, and it's like, again, Mindy missing the best because it has a con saves. Con saves are too common, basically, but it's like, it, it's, I get that, like, you had to change up some stuff, because programming all these variables would be a fucking nightmare. <laughs> it's like, didn't the game spend, like, three years in early access? Something like that. Heck if I Cause, know. Because I feel like I remember, like, releasing, like, October 2020 in early access, I want to say, so, like, close to, like, a full three years, yeah. At the least two years in early access, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna see if I can look this up. Uh, uh, let's see. Yeah, no, I was right. October 6, 2020 is when it released in early access. It's fucking insane, but also it's like it was ban during the pandemic, and also like you see the scope of the game that they released, and it's like, wow, yeah, this is this is this makes sense why this took three years of early access to release. That's such a long time, though. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it's fun. Uh, if you're if you're curious about it, go play it, <laughs> or or sign up to our Patreon at the five dollar tier so you can watch me play the intro. 
<laughs> May either way, I suppose. Yeah. You know, if you don't want to pay sixty, you pay five. <laughs> There's no sexy things in that. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's that's that's just so funny. Like I know that like that was like one of the big things I remember ahead of the launch of like the whole like infamous like the guy turn the bear the druid turning into the bear <laughs> and like the squirrel dropping the nut. <laughs> Very on the nose with the squirrel, <laughs> but it's like <laughs> that's just that's just goofy. That's just funny. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah like if you have players who want to fucking one of the druids it's like they probably would be like can i be an animal for fucking are you okay with that are you into that <laughs> <laughs> who, kn- uh, who knows <laughs> can- can't say from my own druid experience <laughs> she did not fuck during the campaign <laughs> implied to have in the epilogue stuff but yeah <laughs> well all right yep yeah. I've uh, gotta say, the way they implemented speak with animals is a little bit like they're not supposed to be that humanly intelligent, you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, yeah, it is a little funny, but it's also like it's just a lot of it is there for like the amusement factor, I think. It's like, did you talk to the ox in the in the Emerald Grove? <laughs> well yes. Yeah, that that one ox is just like being like, get out of here, I have a plan, I have a system or whatever, and it's like being like, uh, what's up with this ox? Why is this ox talking different than every other animal? Because, like, every other animal, like, they, they still at least, like, for the most part, like, well, like, they still have, like, some animal instinct and stuff of, like, you know, like, when you meet Scratch, he's like, oh, my friend is asleep. He'll be okay. And it's like, your friend is super <laughs> dead, my guy. He's ble- There's blood everywhere. And it's like, he doesn't understand it because he's a dog. But, like, he eventually catches on. But it's like, a lot of them still have, like, basic explanation for things. But, yeah, like, did you talk to the bear talking to Volo? Uh no, I can't say I've seen a bear. Uh, well, uh, I mean the one, but it, in in the Emerald Grove, like you can find Volo, and he's like he's the one that like asks you about like the goblin attack at the gates, and like oh, there's I'm a... aware he just wasn't talking to a bear for me. Oh weird, because I I met that bear there, and like the bear, if you talk to the bear, he's like not now, he's taking my story, and like the bear is like I am far from home, like talking very slowly to Volo, and it just described as like. You see Volo basically just drawing, like, a bunch of, like, bears attacking a person, dismembering limbs and stuff. And the bear's like, why is he not paying attention? I'm trying to talk very slowly and get my story straight with you. And it's like, the bear <laughs> looks at the photo and is like, hmm, this isn't at all what I'm describing. What's going on? <laughs> it's, it's just funny. Like, it's just, it's a, it's such a goofy game at times, like, with stuff like that, while also being so miserable at times. It's just like, yeah, the sword kills is a bad place. Don't go there. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. This, I, like, and it's like, it's funny, because I was like, I asked, like, both uh, my GM friend and, like, also you, Dustin, passing, of like, is the Sword Coast that's always like this? Is it such a bad place? And it's like, you just casually being like, yeah, they have, like, an apocalypse every six weeks, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Nothing ever sticks. And it's like, what's up with the Sword Coast? Why does this keep happening here of all places? <laughs> Maybe uh, people should just fucking leave the Sword Coast if it's always this miserable. <laughs> yeah, you would think. But... Yeah, no, it's very, like, I don't know. Any given village on the Sword Coast, you've got, like, a 60-40 odds of your village exploding or dying of plague. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, oh boy, I, I can't wait till you actually do find, like, the hag stuff, because, god, that whole... I, I haven't seen the conclusion of that story because the hag was kicking my ass, so I was like, I gotta, I gotta bail on this and level a bit more before I come back at this, and it's like... 
that whole deal is just real upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> like, that whole... Yeah, it turns out, don't go and talk to a hag in any setting because they are bad news. <laughs> I'm sure it's probably fine. Uh, it's very much not fine. <laughs> it's a bad time for everybody involved with the hag. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, I, I kind of imagine that, like, most of those, like, classic D&D monsters are probably going to show up, because, like, I mean, like, obviously, like, Astarian has mentioned his vampire lord, and it's like, yeah, we definitely have to fight that at some point, so, like, mm-hmm. like they've mentioned Beholders in passing, because, like, that was also something I thought of, because, like, I mean, I knew Mind Flayer was, like, trademarked by Wizards of the Coast, just like Beholder, and it's like, well, they say Mind Flayer from the start, because they're all here, and, like, they mentioned Beholder, so, like, I have to imagine you find a Beholder at some point, somewhere... I'm kind of curious if you're going to end up fight, having to fight, like, a lich in, like, a storyline. I, I can imagine, like, all these showing up. Like, I'm I'm still waiting for the moment when I go to open a chest and it's a mimic and it just fucking eats me. Because <laughs> it's going to happen. <laughs> I've played enough Dark Souls to know that there's fucking mimics around everywhere. <laughs> Honestly, I don't know if I would worry about it. Mimics are such a low CR that if you're already level 4, they're not. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, it's always just, like, a case of, like, no matter how careful you try to do it in, like, again, like, the Souls games, you're always going to be surprised by one that just immediately grabs you and eats you. Because Mimics and Dark Souls are fucking brutal. Which is still very funny that it's like going into Elden Ring and we're like, okay, where are the fucking Mimics? What are we, like, people were closely examining chests for like a week, like the first week or so, being like, how do you tell if any of these are Mimics? And then it wasn't at all Mimics, it was the fucking teleportation chest of all things that was just fucking like, <laughs> it was like a case of like, uh, people were being like, I'm like 20 minutes into the game and I got fucking teleported all the way to the terrible meat dimension part of the map. I should not be here. How do I get back home? <laughs> Like, that just being, like, you know, you get to, like, again, like, it is, like, a gross, like, meat sky and everything, and it's, like, everything's, like, dark <laughs> red and, like, swampy and terrible, and it's, like, where the fuck is this? <laughs> and that's usually, like, most people's uh, introduction to the map of Eldering being deceptively tiny at the start and just getting way fucking larger as the game goes on. <laughs> it's, like, I just think of that, and it's, like, I don't think there would be teleport chests of uh, anything like that in Baldur's Gate, but it's, like, you never know. <laughs> Could be. Could just be mimics. Who fucking tell? Who can get? Who can tell? Uh yeah, it's it's a good game. <laughs> uh, what? Like, I know you said that you're. I think you said you were a drought paladin, right? I think just in the chat. Yes, it's very. Um, so I have a tendency to go paladin in games like this because I like the versatility of being able to either heal or be a primary melee character yeah. as necessary. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I'm just not vibing with it for some reason this time around. Maybe it's just because it's still early and I basically am not a paladin yet. You know how it goes, but we'll yeah, see. Yeah, because like, are, are your characters still level 3 or are you level 4 at this point? Uh, 4, yes. I, I definitely have heard people say that level 5 is like a big level, like power spike, which it, again, it is like in 5e basically. Cause yeah, that's like, well, I'm that's, sure that's when your second attack comes in. Yeah, like if, if you're just going like pure, like one class, it's like, yeah, like fifth level is basically like third level spells for casters or extra attack for melee characters. And that drastically increases like, you know, your murder capabilities basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it, it's kind of funny that it's like, again, like I'm I'm close to level 5, but it's like, my main character is the only one that hasn't had an ASI yet because I basically have just stuck with like Barbarian, Rogue, and Druid for the party members I have of Karlak, Astarion, and Shadowheart. Naturally. And, 
Yeah, but like, I mean, I started with Bard because I was like, I like being able to pick whatever skills I want. And then I immediately jumped into Warlock, and I've just been sticking with Warlock to level 4 to get the ASI, and then jumping back to Bard to the rest of the level to the cap, basically. Because also, Bardlock is just fun. <laughs> like, I like having so many options of like, what am I going to do my concentration skill on, like uh, spell on? Do I want to cast Fairy Fire? Do I want to cast X? Do I want to just like use my Bardic Inspiration to give somebody a buff or whatever? And it's like, Meanwhile, I was like, I have back to the blade. I barely have ever attacked with my sword because it's like, why would I do that when I could just hang back and fucking shoot people with Eldritch Blast all the time? <laughs> it's like, I have my, I have Vicious Mockery. Never really used it because most enemies seem to be like a 50-50 on whether they pass that or not compared to like, I could just fucking blast them for D10 plus Charisma damage. Because who doesn't <laughs> take Agonizing Blast as well? <laughs> but it's like, yeah, at least I'm pretty close to getting that because like... I, I did see that, like, uh, they really did, like, tweak some of the classes a lot, because, like, Warlock at level 5, I know you basically get, you're, you know, you still get, like, the level 5 invocation, but basically, like, you get, like, a deep impact ability, which is basically, like, another invocation tied to your pack of whatever you pick, where it's, like, it's, like, you know, that's, like, basically you get Thirsting Blade, if, like, you can attack twice with Pact of the Blade, but, like, I forget what you get for Pact of the Chain... And uh, Pact of the Tome, I think you just get a few ritual spells, I think, was what I saw. It's it's weird. It's like, um, you know, hmm. something like that. I don't know. Chain normally would be you gain the ability to use your familiar as a walkie-talkie as long as you're on the same plane. But I yeah. don't think that really applies in this game version. Yeah, it's they they definitely, like, obviously take stuff out. Like, I know, like, Life Drinker is still in there for level 12. But, like, obviously, since the cap is 12, you can't get any, like, level 15 uh, stuff. Like, you know, the free invisibility. But <laughs> also, like, I, I can still understand why not, because it's, like... You can basically, like, I mean, basically as it is, like, every time I do a fight, I take a short rest, and after I do the third is when I take a long rest for the most part, because, like, right. it, it's definitely, like, easier to work around that compared to, like, in my Roll20 game, where it's, like, we might sometimes have a bunch of fights back-to-back, -back, and it's, like, you really can't <laughs> stop for a long rest, because it's, like, midday, and the GM is basically being, like, you, you can't really do that, because it's, like, you can't just go to sleep at, like, 2 p.m. <laughs> I mean, you, you could. You could, but also it's just strange to do so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's definitely, like, you know, they had to make concessions, obviously, because it's a video game format compared to, like, a person's home game format, so it's things are different and change up a bit yeah. but it's like it's still recognizably 5e is the thing the thing that like i kind of wish that they did not do was i wish they kept the spell slot per turn restriction of 5e of only once per time per, per turn because like <laughs> it feels a little bit too much to be able to cast two spells with your action bonus action I don't know. Mm -hmm. that, that's yeah. just me. That's I, a little. I, yeah, like, I, I like the limitation of, like, okay, well, I can cast Healing Word and then I cast a cantrip, because cantrips are free or whatever. It's like, I'm, I'm fine with that, because, like, cantrips at least. That, the, one of the best changes of 5e, I think, from that other stuff is cantrips actually scaling. So, like, they're always <laughs> at least useful. Except, except Shillelagh. Shillelagh is not great. <laughs> it's, that oh, was I a. Hitting with a stick is useful, except that in my experience as my druid, I kept Shillelagh until level 12 before I was like, I don't ever cast Shillelagh anymore. Because <laughs> it's like, why would you when you can just cast, like, uh, Thorn Whip or something? Or, mm -hmm. well, in my case, try to cast Frostbite, which never fucking works because so many enemies have good con saves. <laughs> yeah, so, well. <laughs> con save or nothing is not the greatest option. 
<laughs> that's that's another thing I'm a little bit confused about because like they don't seem like they wanted to put in anything from stuff outside the player's handbook, but there are a few things because like like Circleless Forest is from Tasha's, but yeah. it's in mm, there. Wild Magic it, Barbarian is pretty new and yeah, because I'm trying to think of other ones because like um most of them except for like Wizard and Cleric only have like three subclasses. I'm pretty sure most, if not all, of those for the most part are from the player's handbook. Mostly just like the races, because like basically all the races are player's handbook plus Tip Yankee, just for their setting basically. So it's like yeah. that was that was interesting, but it's like, no, I guess I would have liked to see like Shifter or Tabaxi in there too, but I get that it's a setting thing, and also <laughs> probably probably harder to like have like people that look way a little bit different than like the average humanoid. I mean, they have Dragonborn, so there's that, at the least, but... Uh, maybe yeah, cat, I'm maybe sure cat that took a lot of hurt, but... Yeah, yeah maybe, maybe cat people and, like, werewolfy people would be a bit much or something for their engine. I don't know. I don't really see hmm. why that would be the case, but... I guess, I mean, way. they have they have a large variety of enemies, so I guess it wouldn't really be much more work in general, because I'm sure it took a lot of work modeling all these different monster races and stuff, too. I'm sure it did. <laughs> But yeah, the only thing that really bothers me about it, as ultimately, is that they are not currently planning any kind of expansion or DLC to up the level cap at all. Mm -hmm. And that's fine, right? But the reason they're doing that is not because story, personal, whatever reasons. It's because we just don't want to be bothered to balance that. Yeah, I'd imagine that that was, like, maybe the big reason that, like... Like, once you really get to, like, 7th and above-level spells in D&D, there's just some fucking insane shit. And it's, like, you either have to, like, really work to balance it, or you just don't include it at all, is the thing. Because, like, how well, can you really... Like, yeah, because, like, you obviously wouldn't be able to really include plane shifts, because, like, obviously, like, planar travel... I don't know, maybe that becomes a thing later in the story in terms of, like, just going to, like, the hells or something again? Like, the pro I mean, maybe, or maybe just don't include that specific spell. Yeah, like, yeah, like stuff like that, yeah. Like, but I mean, like, obviously, it's, like, again, like, you probably can't include Wish because, like, Wish is kind of the spell of, like, besides replicate a spell of any 8th level or below, it, like, kind of can let you do some bullshit at times. That it's, like, that's stuff they really can't program all that shit for, really. Like, I guess they well, could limit no, it. but I just, like, every single freaking season of Adventurer's League has a level 17 through level 20 module. And if mm -hmm. they can do that reliably at the table for at least five seasons of Adventurer's League, I feel like, especially when you have the ability to just not include spells that you don't like. <laughs> yeah, like, if you wanted to include Wish, it could just be like, well, you can use Wish to basically pick any spell from the rest of the spell list, yeah. and that's it. Just give it an ex a, like a limited list of the things that Wish can accomplish on the table. It's yeah, because like obviously it's not like you can be like I wish for a million gold, and it's like you probably can't do that. <laughs> That's definitely not on the list. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like something that you can do, but you have that like thirty-three percent chance of losing the spell permanently because you're not using it to just replicate another spell. Okay. Yes, in you know, D&D like... on the table, in the video game, that is not a thing yeah, that goes yeah. on the list. Because that breaks the game. Yeah, you just Yeah, you just omit it, obviously. But like there, there's just some stuff that's like just like again, like it's like how do we actually incorporate this? Well the easy answer is just don't. Because, <laughs> like even like a lot of like fifth and sixth level spells just are absent entirely too, because it's like, yeah, that kinda would break things <laughs> if you can mm -hmm. do that. 
Because, like, I think, like, the average, like, six-level spell list is only, like, a handful of spells, like, maybe five per class or something like that, which makes sense, because, like, I think also you only get, like, one six-level spell at, by 12th level, I think. Something I think like that, yeah. I think that's the case. Maybe two at absolute most. Uh, I'm curious. I want to see that now. Uh, I don't know. It's see. also, like, a lot of six-level spells aren't very interesting anyway. <laughs> Yeah, it's like in mostly at that game, point. I absolutely do not have a sixth level spell on my bard because it just there the fifth ones were better. It's better to take those and upcast. Yeah, like basically like the big like sixth level spell I could think of for like divine spellcasters is heal. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> you heal seventy, and yeah, I'm correct. Uh, at twelfth level, you you're only capped at uh one sixth level spell. You do have two fifth level though. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely well, a case of like you know you still have to like work around some stuff because obviously with only t- level twelve levels, like at most you only have aside from rogue and fighter, you only get three ASAs, so like you have to like work around that limitation a bit. But it's not yeah. terribly difficult. The biggest thing is like mostly working around like stats in general being a bit lower because it uses the point by system rather than just like actually rolling, <laughs> which is fine. Like I mean. That's how some that's how some games usually are using the standard array. So it's like, yeah, yeah, everybody's game is different. But yeah, I don't know. I just feel like, and obviously, different games, different editions. But mm-hmm. in Neverwinter Nights, for instance, the the main campaign took you up to twenty, and then the first DLC campaign was like up to thirty five. So <laughs> you know. But- but what was was the level cap in like older D and D before like third or three point five past twenty? Um, so twenty was the standard level cap, mm-hmm. but there were rules for what was called epic levels. Yeah, I, I remember that from three point five. Yeah, I just don't know and, how it was like in older D and D because I never played anything before three point five. Yeah, I, I truly don't know anything about beyond that because Neverwinter Nights is third edition plus. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it just like it's doable. Even five E has rules to go above twenty. <laughs> they're not good, but they're there. I've never heard of anybody talking about like uh, higher than twenty level, like twentieth and five E. Yeah, I mean, listen, it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're better off starting a new campaign, but you yeah. could if you wanted to take the epic levels. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think by that point it's like what can really truly be a challenge besides like the GM having to toss like just impossible odds like tower skews at you at that point basically. <laughs> <laughs> like the stuff that's like intentionally designed to kill you basically at that point because it's like by twentieth level again like your characters are literally able to rewrite reality with barely a thought. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're a spellcaster, if they're a fighter, they can basically attack like eight times around with action surge. <laughs> Which is still ridiculous. <laughs> so the 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 way epics work in fifth edition is that you don't get an epic level, you don't go above twenty, but you get what are called epic boons. Oh right, right. Character. I do I do remember seeing this a few years ago in the book, right? Yeah. Like no. you get like basically it's like a power up in the sense of like here's something you just have instead of leveling. Yeah. Yeah, here's permanent magic resistance. <laughs> Yeah, you know, as long, I mean, to be fair, you can get that from like magic items, like uh, like the like basically uh, mental spell resistance. Although I mean, that just gives you advantage on saving throws. That's not actually like resistance. Yeah, that's not damage. resistance to the damage. 
to be fair, I mean, certain talents at level f seven can get resistance to all magical damage because aura well, of okay, warding. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's also like playing a specific class and a specific subclass. That's like the one distinction there. That's different. Also, I'm now just realizing we're almost an hour, and we should probably stop talking about this game and stop talking about the Phoenix Rain. <laughs> but I like to play games on trains. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns out. <laughs> But also, we should probably talk about the actual reason we're here rather than Baldur's Gate. <laughs> okay, well, anyway... Uh, we'll undoubtedly last... talk more about BG3 next week as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one last little detail. You mentioned at the top that you had played 40 hours. You didn't know how long I had been in. Mm -hmm. It's 20. I have done half of what you have. Uh, to be fair, you've also had a job, is the thing. <laughs> this is true, and I kind of had a... A slow start because of the terrible internet connection that took me three days to download so. yeah yeah that also sounded like misery like especially with like me and multiple other people in the chat being like oh this game fucking rules if you just imagine you having to just like sit there stewing at like in like annoyance at us for days because <laughs> your internet took so long i feel guilty that my internet took like four hours at most to download it <laughs> I mean, it was fine, right? I had initially plans to wait until next month for the PlayStation release, so fair. it's not like yeah, I wouldn't have seen fair. that anyway. That's true, yeah. Yeah, it, just, it, you know, since I've got a job, I figured, alright, I guess I can do this. Yeah. But they're releasing that on Xbox as well, right? Uh, so. Someday, eventually. We don't have a date for that yet. Oh, weird. I'm gonna imagine. Like it's weird enough that like the PS5 version got delayed a month. I'm surprised that they are like, yeah, you know, we'll bring it to Xbox eventually. But <laughs> that seems so strange. for like most multi-platform games release on both. I mean, I guess like sometimes Sony is just assholes about that because it's like, you know, like again, like they're like, oh yeah, you can, we can put some PlayStation games on Steam, but fuck putting them on Xbox ever. And it's like you should maybe make your games available if you're willing to go that far to let people on PC play them. <laughs> Let Xbox people play Lorashen and Clank and Horizon if they want to. <laughs> Don't be jerks. <laughs> but I think we can safely say it's never going to come to Switch, because there's no way well, you yeah. can that up. <laughs> like, you would need a 128-gig uh, SD card in the Switch just for Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Which, yes. I mean, you should, yeah. mm -hmm. you should have a, you should have a, a, hard, uh, a SD card that large in the Switch anyway, because the Switch has next to no storage. <laughs> Yeah, but it shouldn't just have one game on it. Yeah, yeah, true. I mean, I literally went and actually ended up getting a 2 gigabyte SSD earlier today, too, just because I was like, I have a job lined up, I can actually get this, because also, like, again, I had the Elite Elden Ring to even fit in this game, along with other stuff, and I was like, I, 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 my, my computers needed more storage for a while anyway, because, like, I've looked at that at times, just being like, yeah, I don't have a lot of disk space for even just, like, the podcast at this point. So <laughs> I was like, I should maybe actually fix that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I that's was... a thing I've been dealing with most of today, is trying to clear that out, because yeah. my disk space is kind of a disaster right now. Yeah, it was it was like that coupled with BG3 uh, taking up so much space in my computer that I was like, I should probably actually just finally do this, because I'd considered that for like a year or so of getting an SSD at this point, too, because like all my fr other friends have one, and it's like, my computer only has like 500 gigs just based on the stuff installed <laughs> in it by default. And so it's like, I was just like a little bit uh, skeptical about it because like when I first started looking at them I always just found like the internal ones and so I like spent like a half hour trying to even look at my motherboard being like where does this even plug in here before I was like oh right duh there's also external ones duh obviously <laughs> <laughs> that's what I did I was originally just going to get a one terabyte but 
by the time I got to that store, they had actually sold it because it wasn't in stock anymore. So I was like, well, <laughs> this is just like they tell you a different brand. It's double the amount, but it was only like another like 20 bucks. And I looked it up and it was like, yeah, it got good reviews too. So I was like, okay, sure. I'll do this and not have to worry about it ever again, basically. Uh, yeah. So it's, just, um... I, didn't, I didn't even realize that my PC actually has a USB-C port on the back too. I found that when I was looking at it. <laughs> yeah. That is but, very I mean, cool. It's more standardized, I guess, but it's like when I got when I went and got this one, it said it had USB-C, and I was like, oh, wait, I don't have a adapter. Wait, no, it does. I do have that because it has the plug, right? So I can do that. All right, sure. <laughs> it does also have a like USB-C, the USB like uh, port in it, too. So I was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, well, it would have worked either way, but I'd rather just use that because I'm not going to ever plug in USB-C anyway to it. Well, okay, I guess. But C is a faster connection. Yeah, I know. I just don't really plug my piece, my phone into my PC at all. <laughs> Sometimes you need a USB-C connection to your external hard drive when you are, say, I don't know, moving 500-ish gigabytes of Yeah, well, between. yeah, yeah, there's, there's that. <laughs> but here's uh, the, here's the, here's the, uh, here's the spoiler. I don't have that much for podcast off of my computer. Because you were telling me, to, <laughs> like, a week ago or so, like, how much you had there. And I was like, wait, how do you have that much? And it's like, oh, right, you have my audio, you have Kate's audio for x you have your own, obviously. You probably yep. don't want to just toss all that stuff in the trash in case something ever happens to our archive on the site that we use. That is absolutely <laughs> that correct. Would, that would be disastrous. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, I've got all of the uh, the raw audio, and then I've got uh, work in progress, like snapshots, basically of the project before I export it, so I can mm-hmm. go back and mess with that. And that's the big part; those can be up to like thirty gigs because they have to remember so much. Yeah. And then I've got the final for every single episode we've ever done, which at this point between both shows is basically like we're. We're almost at a hundred combined. Yeah, because yeah, like we just got to Act Files like nineteen or twenty, I think, as of this mm-hmm. recording, and this is like seventy. Uh, seventy something, yeah. Yeah, like mid seventies, I think. Of, uh, that's weirdos at this point. Uh, this will be seventy three us weirdos. Yeah, not so... counting the uh, intro, I don't think. Yeah, like if we count the intro, I think that that would put us. No, that does like... count the intro. Red. Oh. Okay. So yeah, that puts it to like low 90s, I think, then, right? Roughly around there? Something like that, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a lot considering that our average episode is like at least like two and a half hours, basically, if you include like the longer length ones, which this one's probably going to end up yeah. doing that, because again, we're at like 65 minutes and we have a nice story to talk about Infinity Drain. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we can jump in. Um, My notes are, I feel like my episode is going to go by fairly quick, but... Mm. Yeah, like even even mine for the finale, I have like sub two pages for it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, fair enough. But you know what this is? We're doing the same thing we always do. It's the last episode about a show, and so we deflect and stop talking about it because <laughs> we don't want to leave the show. This is this always true. happens. This is true. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like it wasn't as much with Shira, but I'm also forgetting what our preamble before Shira would have been. But definitely a vowel house. We were like, we don't want to talk about it just yet, but also we want to talk about it because it's fucking rad as hell. But also we don't want it to be over. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Okay, well, I suppose one last time, let's hop on board, shall we? <laughs> yep. Choo-choo, motherfuckers. <laughs>
So, my episode for today, book four, episode nine, The Castle Car. And we open pretty much right exactly where we left off last episode. Kez is introducing the boys to Morgan, who is a castle that they are standing inside of. Uh, I say introducing, but that's only kind of true, because Morgan is busy being mad that Kez ruined her life. And... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, much much like everybody on the Infinity Train. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Except except for that club of astronauts that were partying. <laughs> Nobody else has been happy to see Kev's. <laughs> yeah, uh, the boys don't super get it because they thought they were going to meet that guy, the bald guy from the picture several episodes ago. But no, the Morgan is in point of fact the castle. That other guy was Jeremy. So I, I like how you phrased that as like a couple episodes ago. I'm pretty sure we saw that photo in episode two of this season. <laughs> it was the old West car, so I think yeah, three. yeah, that that was a uh, yeah, you know, yeah, that was three. Yeah, because episode two was uh, yeah, because episode one was basically just all flashbacks from their tapes, and episode two was when we properly actually met like Mingi and Ryan on the train along mm-hmm. with Kez. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Which is to say, a couple episodes ago of our episodes, because that was only three Fair, episodes. that was three episodes for us, but six episodes of the show. Yep. Um, but yeah, uh, it's... The thing is, basically, that Morgan is mad at Kez for even saying Jeremy's name, because Kez is the one who took him away. And the thing is, is that Kez brought the boys here to be friends with M. Because she thought they could just, like, stay here and chill and be friends. But Morgan... I don't know why I said M instead of Morgan. That's weird. (laughs) Um, Morgan is just super not cool with the idea of replacing Jeremy. Because you can't replace people. And this... She's... Morgan is a very strange character in this episode. In general, I guess. Yeah, in in both of these, She's basically basically a disembodied voice. (laughs) Like, she is the castle, but... (laughs) I have questions about this castle in general, because, like, she describes the castle as Morgan, and as we'll see, like, she can move, like, the various things in the castle, but how come Kez is, like, her own separate entity compared to everything else in the castle? Uh... That's what what I'm curious about, because, like, there are only two sentient people, and it's, like, the castle plus everything except this one little bell, which is Kez. (laughs) Why is it that, like, it's not, like, a Beauty and the Beast thing of, like, everybody's, like, all the furniture is a person, basically, kind of deal, I guess. Oh, that would be way too much to get through in two episodes. Oh, yeah, yeah, that that trivia second would be fucking nightmarish if they had different voice actors for everybody. (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, since Morgan is so upset, she, like... And again, this is very strange, so I'm going to do my best here. She is the castle, so she can like freely move everything that is inside the castle. It appears to be telekinesis, but actually it is just Morgan moving as if like the way we would move our hands. It's part of her body. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> again, brings uh, in the um, question of why Kez is her own separate person. <laughs> when she is literally the entrance like desk bell. <laughs> yeah. So Morgan, like, animates the carpet in the room to carry them up the stairs and throws them at a door and then a suit of armor to, like, menace them at axe point into a room, which thankfully is not a dungeon, but is in fact Jeremy's room. So, uh-oh. Uh, she then proceeds to attempt to murder the boys because she's so mad that they're here to replace Jeremy. 
and she's doing this by just burying them under his hats and like throwing his stuff at them and strangling them with his old clothes and Brian takes a pretty rough hit directly in the face when Morgan throws Jeremy's journal at his head and there's also a bit where like uh she's like firing food at them and Mingi just has a key basically go right down his throat. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. That's not pleasant. <laughs> no, it sure isn't. You you never want to get food thrown down your mouth. <laughs> no, that that actually uh, immediately triggers your gag reflex. Like he should be vomiting a lot. <laughs> yeah, no, like this is a big, heavy book, and Ryan just gets hit right in the face with this. Like, mm-hmm. this this would cause grievous injury in real life. Yeah. I, I realize people don't usually think of books as weapons, but this is like a tome, not a book. You know what Heart, I mean? Uh, hardcover books are hard. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. It's in the name. <laughs> but yes. Um. So, it's... it's <sighs> Kez is basically begging Morgan to stop killing them, saying that, you know, they're good boys, and she just didn't want Morgan to be alone. But to Morgan, the thing is, is that they're transient. They're they're just here to pass through and use the castle because, and this is maybe a little. So Morgan is the castle, but the castle is a hotel. It's a place where uh, 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 passengers can come through and spend the night safely. But yeah. Morgan is super not happy about that because it means that everyone leaves her. Is the thing yeah, I keep saying which... is the thing in this episode. I'm gonna start. Yep. I mean, we 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 have our little like uh like things we repeat a lot. Like, I mean, uh, it's somewhat often I say like in any case or like something of the similar of like at, at any rate, you know, X Y Z. No, I, definitely... I mean, we we've we've got our vocal quirks, right? That's not. Mm-hmm anything yeah. new it's just that for whatever reason i have said the thing is is the thing like eight times so far in the past <laughs> few minutes fair uh, yay sleepy recording um yay i also did not sleep a whole lot because i had to wake up do a drug test before 10 a.m because they stopped doing drug tests uh, technically at 10 30 but like still yay what fucking lab corp at a at a Walgreens only does drug screenings for three and a half hours of the day? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't sleep super well because a certain quadrupedal someone decided she wanted to be smashing stuff all night, and so I had to keep <laughs> getting up and putting her in kitty prison. Is that driving your parents at all crazy? <laughs> or is it just mm-hmm. you? Like, does that bother your parents at all with uh, when Zeki goes crazy? I like, mean, when she gets the zoomies? Not... That's fine, yeah. She can run if she wants to. That wasn't the issue. The issue was her, like, jumping up on things and throwing it off and... Oh, like, in your room? Not just in general? Yeah. Oh, yeah. gotcha. Yeah. I didn't realize it. I thought it was, like, her outside in the hallway or something making a racket. Nah. No, it's very, like... My living situation is not ideal at the moment because I had, like, a whole apartment and multiple yeah. rooms and now I am back in the one bedroom that... I've lived in yeah, since it's, high school. Yeah, it's it's rough to like go from like living by yourself for so long to then having to share a space with, in your case, three other people, right? Well, it's not that. That's fine, right? The issue is that I have the stuff to furnish an entire apartment. Right. And now mm-hmm. I am back in my 10 foot by 12 foot bedroom from yeah. high school and it is very crowded in here yeah like similar to like when i was trying to fit like the stuff that i had like for my bedroom in like the small like crappy shack apartment along with like 
other stuff I had to get like my like um I still don't know how to describe like the pantry countertop thing that I bought from like Target's <laughs> website for like one fifty that I had to get because there was a you know countertop space in that crappy pla- place. <laughs> and it's like that was a lot of stuff to fit in there. And meanwhile it's like if I didn't I also get like lamps and a table and chairs when I moved into this current apartment, I would have not nearly enough stuff. <laughs> because this apartment is like three times the size of that one. <laughs> But yeah, it's also still a case of like, yeah, like, I mean, I still had stuff for like a one bedroom apartment in North Carolina, and then I went to living in basically just one bedroom shared with two other people for that mm-hmm. apartment. And it's like, yeah, that's an adjustment. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Also, in my case, so. again, like living by myself for basically like five years and then immediately having to go live with two people that I met from the internet. It's like, that's, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I basically do not use my desk at this point, except for when we do this show because there's just not enough room in this room for me to keep a chair in here full time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yes. Um at any rate, uh Morgan is just like she she doesn't want people to leave because everyone has been leaving her constantly. And given that she is a hotel, this is to be expected, but also, you know, she's got feelings too, man. <laughs> Jeremy oh, was different. He didn't leave. He stayed for years and he was taking care of her. He kind of acted like a castle handyman position, like repair damage, polished surfaces, you know, the, the mm-hmm. like a groundskeeper almost. Yeah. She, he was the only one who had ever been willing to stay. And then um, Kez just shouts that it was an accident, which gets Morgan to back off a little, but she is still mad, just not murdery anymore. So thank goodness for that, at least. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a little. I have a questions about why Morgan would just relent after. Like, Kez wasn't like trying to like be like sad or regretful, being like it was just an accident or something. It's like her being like "fuck you, it was an accident" kind of deal. And it's like <laughs> usually like raising your voice and yelling back at a person when they're angry is not going to make them stop being angry, Kez. <laughs> no, definitely not. Um. So when the uh, murder assault ends, uh, Kez goes to check on the boys and does that she didn't really think Morgan would be this mad. She thought that by bringing new friends that maybe things could go back to normal, she could just live here again, but as they point out, they also want to go home. <laughs> yeah. But... Like, they have not been, like... They have, they've basically been upfront about that since the start. Like, how do we get off the train? We want to get mm-hmm. back to our lives. It's like, Kez did not interpret that as, let's get off the train when we can. It's just like, yeah, let's just... I mean, like, when she phrased it back in, like, episode 3 near the end of, like, we could we could go there and, like, we could walk in that direction. And it's like, I read that as, like, you know, we'll go that way. And if, like, because you don't, y'all don't know what else to do, really, while you're trying to figure out how to make your numbers go down. And, like, worst case scenario, we'll stay there for, like, a couple of days before we continue on or whatever, trying to figure shit out, as opposed to, let's just, I guess, live here. <laughs> it's like, because they were up front about we want to get off the train, and it's like, well, I guess we'll go in this direction towards where you live, because what else is our plan? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Is yeah. what the guys agreed to, not, yeah, we'll stay here. <laughs> well... She does try to justify this here. She says that by her logic, their numbers aren't like ever actually dropping. Every time they make progress, they end up going right back to 202. So her thought was that they could just stay here. And this is, 
I have to be honest, I was kind of let down by these episodes based on what I'd heard about this particular mm-hmm. season. Yeah. But this is this line here gives me a little bit of hope, I guess, because she thought they might be able to stay here. And I'm going to quote the rest of this without all the hangups you had back home, which is to say uh, she wants them to live here and kiss each other. Um, <laughs> basically, <laughs> yes, which, um, these boys should kiss, but also maybe they should get new friends as well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, they get they get better, but they feel like there's still a lot they need to discuss that we just don't have time for, unfortunately. But yeah, like, that's they the thing al- about should... ten minute episodes. Yeah. yeah, but they should also maybe still at least like be have other friends besides just each other as well. <laughs> well, like that's the thing, right? It's pretty hard to meet people on a real and genuine level when you are professional musicians. Yeah, I guess. I mean, you especially it like... when it's the seventies or eighties or whenever this is, it's e- like 85. Yeah. 85. Yeah. I mean, like I say, like we bring that up and it's like, yeah, like even these days I'm like, I'm 35 and I'm an adult. How the fuck do I meet other people? <laughs> well, it's but... easy. You wear the gayest outfit you have and you go to Warhammer <laughs> Wednesday. And if they're mad at you, Look, you I, we, we don't have... I don't know of a Warhammer Wednesday around here. And also I don't know how to play <laughs> Warhammer. And so I can't meet somebody who realizes I'm a queer person and also that I'm a fan of Barrel House based on a tattoo. <laughs> I mean, well, to be fair, like the, the receptionist at my uh, surgeon's, uh, you know, uh, office didn't notice that I had an outhouse tattoo on me when I went there a few weeks ago to get my boobs checked out. Well, there you go. But they were like the, literally the first person in almost two years of having this tattoo to be like, is that an outhouse tattoo? Fucking sick. <laughs> it's like, nobody else. <laughs> like almost two years. I got this back in September 2021 and nobody's fucking noticed. <laughs> fucking insane. <laughs> Popular TV show that apparently nobody pays the fuck attention to if somebody has a tattoo of it. <laughs> I mean, I do, yeah. Maybe it's just because it's the light glyph and a lot of people still would mistake it for... Like, I've had people, multiple people at my old North Carolina job mistake it for the fucking Harry Potter thing. But they definitely have those logo. And I'm like, no, well, it's... weird. It's a different shape entirely. Well, they see the circle, the line, and the triangle, and they know that's that. <laughs> It's just that like, it's people more passing in, like, uh, knowledgeable about that being a Harry Potter thing, I guess. But it's like, this is very much not that design. <laughs> yeah, but the, it, okay. <laughs> I don't know. People, people don't pay attention, I guess is the thing. <laughs> I guess. But yeah, so they're, they, they might do okay being back in the real world and professionals or whatever but mm-hmm. generally speaking if they're going to be a band it's going to be hard for them to meet like yeah i mean because real like, people and not people who want their fame yeah. or like you're, you're want traveling to exploit so, them or whatever yeah because like you're traveling so much and so it's like you can only kind of just like know people as much as possible because you're always going to be on the move all the time yeah exactly <laughs> I guess, like, even, like, flight attendants are probably similar. Like, obviously, they have their other flight attendants and the pilots and stuff, but, like, it's probably tough still, because it's, like, again, like, I guess you're working in the same place every day, even if the place is moving all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I'd imagine it's still pretty similar, because it's like, well, you're never going to get to know any of these passengers, because, like, they're just traveling. Sure, but it's also... With a flight attendant, at least, you have more of a home base, right? You don't work yeah. every single day. That's true. You mm-hmm. have you can have an apartment and a house that you live at, 
and that's even assuming you're doing overnight flights. It's very mm-hmm. possible to fly out and then back in on the same day as an attendant. Yeah. Like, I mean, but, like, obviously, like, even just, like, flying from one side of the U.S. to the other is, like, only, like, six or seven hours, depending. Yeah, for sure. But, yes. Uh, regardless, the... she doesn't super understand why everyone is always mad at her. It's like she just does things and then people are mad and she doesn't get it. But Ryan interrupts her saying this, saying that she does actually get it. She knows why people are mad at her, and it's because she doesn't think about consequences or the effects her actions have on other people. And then she doesn't take responsibility when things go bad. Uh, he storms off, but Mingi backs him up here and points out that Kez has never actually apologized for any of the things that have no, happened. No, <laughs> she absolutely has not. Like. I, I remember, like, last week when we were talking about it, like, they really do have to have, like, Kez have, like, a reckoning for not doing anything right, really, this whole season. Which I do <laughs> like, at least, that they're act- they do actually call her out here, and, like, it does come to yeah. head next episode, obviously, too. But it's, like, I at least had it, like, it got reference of, like, wait a sec, yeah, Kez has kind of sucked. <laughs> like, she sucked in, like, a fun <laughs> way, but she has still sucked. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you probably yeah. should actually fucking, you know, realize that you've been just pissing off everybody, Kaz. Yeah. So he... She she tries to play this off, but he just reiterates it, saying that she just shrugs things off and never owns up to her issues. Mm-hmm. And she tries to shrug it off and not own up to her issues, but <laughs> Ryan just yells at her to leave. So... I mean, speaking of so... people not actually acknowledging their issues, uh, Mingi and Ryan... <laughs> I know, right? Um, yeah. It's almost like they're protecting you a little bit, too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she sadly flies away out the window, and we see the... Um, I, I I don't know if there's a group name. I've just called them the Unholy Alliance of people who are chasing <laughs> them down below, having a little campfire outside the moat. The murder um, group. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Pig squad. Um. Uh, the pigs are here. Uh-oh. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess technically, like, this, I guess the closest would be the stewards are, like, the authority, like, the police force equivalent on the train, really. Yeah. <laughs> Unless denizens want to take the law into their own hands, which, on the train... Well, I mean, there are police, so... Yeah. True. There's a whole season about train police. Yeah, uh... Mm- well, they were more police for, like, the mirror world. It's just that they happened to be having to go into, like, the different train cars following a fugitive. <laughs> like, I don't I don't think they're, like, an authority on the rest of the train, because also, like, one one doesn't really pay much attention to, uh, whatever the fuck that guy's name is from the finale. <laughs> uh, Siv. Yeah, and Siv also doesn't show any respect to one one because he fucking kicks him. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> uh... Yes. Uh, so Mingi kind of brings up the possibility that maybe they don't super know what's going on here, but maybe something Kez did got Jeremy killed, and that's why Morgan is so mad. And they don't super know what to think. They don't want to believe that, but also it's like they literally were just being strangled to death about a minute ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so to to get more info, Mingi starts reading the journal that got thrown at Ryan's head, uh, which is. Jeremy talking about how beautiful this Passel Hotel is and how he wishes his mom and sister could see it. And then there's just a bunch of entries about hats. Uh, while he I, is I, reading this, hmm? I, I just want to say I kind of have a problem with them reading this man's personal journal. 
Because, like, yeah, he's not around anymore, but, like, this is still, like, a huge invasion of Jeremy's privacy. <laughs> Listen, they have to solve a mystery. <laughs> they, they could literally ask the two people who know the answer to the mystery. They could ask Kez or they could ask Morgan. <laughs> yeah, but they can't talk to Kez right now on account of everything that just I happened. Guess, and, and Morgan like, would I... probably try to kill them. Yeah, but, like, you could wait, a, like, a day or so. Like, wait till morning and be like, hey... So what's been going on now that you maybe cooled off a bit? <laughs> like, they don't have to be like, let's read this man's journal that he kept here, because it's like, you should probably not do that, because it's a journal. I just, I don't... Listen, a... if it was someone who was still living there, yeah, obviously don't read their diary, but this is a murder mystery situation, and you have it's to a... read the journal to get but... clues. Spoilers, it's not a murder mystery journal, though. <laughs> Yeah, but they don't know that. Yeah, true. But, like, again, I don't know. I just have a problem with the fact that, like, Jeremy's obviously not around to say that they can read it to find out. And, like, they don't even ask, like, if it's okay for, like, them to read. Like, they don't ask Kez or Morgan if it's okay for them to read it to find out what happened because I can't, like, talk, talk to them properly about it, too. I don't know. I just have an issue with it because it's, like, again, this is this man's private journal. To be fair, he probably should have taken it with him when he left. He shouldn't have probably left here. <laughs> well, but listen, we'll talk about that, but it's also like... You can't just leave stuff behind and expect it to be undisturbed forever. And I'm not advocating reading everyone's journals here. I just, like... At some... You can't just assume that whatever is done and gone like unless you are physically destroying everything you have ever written people are gonna read that at some point i guess <laughs> even if it's just your i don't know the executor of your will going through your stuff to see what they should keep or not someone's gonna read it yeah i, I guess somebody has probably seen my like crudely drawn uh doodles of boobs from like high school textbooks at some point too now <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's not a secret <laughs> no no it really wasn't <laughs> to be fair everybody drew boobs and dicks in those books <laughs> that was i was not the first nor the last <laughs> i did no such thing thank you <laughs> sus <laughs> i'd like to make an inside check against nobody <laughs> by all means uh, let's see. Uh, what would we say my wisdom is? Plus one at most, right? <laughs> I definitely don't <laughs> have. I definitely don't have proficiency and in insight. <laughs> let's see. Uh, roll d twenty plus one. <laughs> uh, fifteen. Oh, sixteen with the modifier. Not bad. <laughs> Fantastic. Obviously, obviously, you don't have to answer. <laughs> uh, I. No, it's fine. Uh. Because the thing is, and I believe I've covered this on the show before, I don't actually tell lies, so... <laughs> this is true. I'm... You have admitted to certain uh, things you tried to do with Ice Cream's uh, job. <laughs> I, I will certainly, like, misdirect or talk around or just try not say something, but if mm -hmm. I'm saying a direct statement, it's the truth. I don't lie. <laughs> it, it's fairy rules. <sighs> So, by that logic, are you a fae? <laughs> I mean, arguably, we're all kind of fae. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's... um, Maybe it's a little silly, but when I was younger, like 14, 15-ish, 
this would have been well deep into the no emotions version of <laughs> teenage me <laughs> because i was already dissociating pretty hard and i got to be a very fantastic liar is the thing and it really became a problem and eventually i just had to swear it off entirely because i just could not trust myself not to use that impulse so yeah i imposed different rules on myself to make it a challenge <laughs> yeah it, it's like how like even i at times i'm like i really should stop like referring to like like it's something that comes up a lot when i'm playing like fortnite for friends where i'm like oh there's a guy over there let's get him and i'm like eh, i should not say it's him i obviously can't make assumptions based on the person's gender based on their character skin in fortnite <laughs> um Which is I mean, I guess, but that's kind of not it at all what I'm talking about. Well, I mean, it's like mostly like it's like one of those things I'm trying to train myself not to do, too, because it's just ah, like it's, so, okay. it's, it's just ingrained in me from like, you know, literal decades of like, is there boobs on this person? Y slash N. <laughs> Therefore, yeah. you make assumptions based on stuff like that. And it's like uh, we're, we're both living proof that that's not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, it, it was just really bad. Because the thing is, is that when you don't have emotions, you don't feel guilt. And so there's no reason mm -hmm. not to lie all the time, even if it doesn't benefit you. So Yeah. Yeah, it, it caused a lot of problems. In my... Yeah, that's not really a healthy way to live. No, it super isn't. Yay. <laughs> anyway, point being, uh, never drew boobs in textbooks. <laughs> but definitely I drew them in my but... private notes. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't, okay, we can agree. You should draw the cool S in your high school textbooks, though. Because everybody likes the cool S. <laughs> Not even. I never drew a thing in my textbooks. I was too afraid they'd make me pay for them. Yeah, uh, well, I, I, guess that's, I guess that's what separates you and I, because I definitely doodle in them a lot. We're <laughs> not afraid, exactly, I guess. But, like, I thought that that's what they would do, because they said that at the beginning of the year. <laughs> yeah. There's definitely also yeah. a bunch of doodles of, like, uh, crappily drawn, like, uh, Link in, like, the Order of Stick kind of art style. Or, like, the old one, when they actually did not have arms and legs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yes. Um, anyway, they're reading his diary. And while Mingi is reading this diary, uh, Ryan is checking out the whole room where he's running the investigation checks. And they are doing very well here. Uh, extremely efficient use of party resources to have somebody spend the two hours reading the book while someone else does investigation <laughs> checks. Yeah, he's he, getting uh, better. He, you know, Mingi has. Uh... Oh god, what's the feed that lets you read the book really quickly and then remember it fully? Fuck <laughs> <laughs> it's. Ah, uh... uh, god, I know that that's a feed in particular because I know that one uh, of the characters from Critical Role Campaign Two had it because that was like back when I tried to watch it, and then it's like I literally um... can't deal with them being in a bookstore for forty-five minutes. Please move on. <laughs> <laughs> keen mind something like that i don't know i think i think it's keen mind yeah it's like one of those yeah. dumb ones that's like you can tell what time it is all the time and it's like yeah. cool you always know which way north is <laughs> yeah definitely not you can't like look at the fucking sun why would you need to know which way north is if you're on the ground <laughs> well maybe a few there might be a few there might be a few cases but still come on <laughs> If, like, if it's an Underdark campaign, knowing which way is north is very important. I guess. I guess if your entire campaign is subterranean, you might need to know, but still. <laughs> yes. Um, Pretty sure compasses still work on the ground. <laughs> yeah. Basically, the only thing Ryan finds, though, is that they're locked in the room, so his investigation did not go well. Um, Mingi's is more useful as he sort of flips to the back of the book to the 
to learn that the last entry is Jeremy's fifth anniversary in the castle, which Ryan is extremely not happy about. He had no idea you could stay on the train that long. I, I don't I don't know, Ryan. Staying staying in a nice castle for five years with all your needs met, I sounds pretty good to me. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like, if it was just a castle, probably. But it's a sentient castle, and I would just not trust that I was not being watched at all times. I guess that could be a bit awkward, yeah. And also, like, if you're always constantly asking the castle for food and, like, to, like, make your bed and stuff like that, the castle might eventually be like, look, you gotta actually pull your weight around here, too, by, like, dealing with stuff. Like, you gotta actually clean some stuff eventually. <laughs> Hello, castle friend. Is it weird that I live inside you? No? Yes! Okay, let's go back to our day. <laughs> no, I said yes! <laughs> oh, sorry, I, put, I just put my headphones on, I can't hear you. What? Cranks out the volume all the way. <laughs> sorry, castle, yeah. today's a Baldur's Gate 3 day. I'm gonna just play Baldur's Gate for 12 hours. Uh, can you bring me food when I need yeah. it? Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Ryan didn't he had no idea that you could stay on the train this long and he's freaking out but then we keep going with Jeremy's diary and he talks a little about how there used to be a lot more passengers staying here but of course they all left because Morgan is a hotel and not like an apartment building and it really seems to bother her and she was like closing off wings and such and then he says that he needs to talk to Kez about something at breakfast because of something she said but Morgan will probably be mad and there is no more entries after that it's it's fully like a fallout audio journal it's yeah Man, uh, hopefully ryan never hears like 30 something years in the future that there were some kids who were on the train for like literally half their lives and they're like in their like late teens because he would have a fucking heart attack that people were on the train for like eight <laughs> years of their lives <laughs> um, i didn't even think about that when i was like watching these episodes see like watching them initially and then write down my notes but it's like yeah grace and simon are on the train way longer than him <laughs> also simon <laughs> fucking died on the train <laughs> Like, obviously, Simon's parents are only in, like, high school at this point, so he's not even alive yet, but he will yeah. at some point be born and fucking die on this hell train. <laughs> it's like, that sounds worse than being there for just five years. Like, yeah, five years is a long time, but, like, being there for, like, three years more and not ever actually escaping it is way worse. <laughs> uh, yeah, I do, like... We don't get any sense of the time that they're on this train, but I think they are by far the fastest to get off because I think they're only here for like a couple of weeks at most. So it's yeah, <laughs> I mean they they had uh, if I'm remembering correctly, I think Kez said that they had like like something like forty cars to go through to get to the castle car, like kind of like the same distance that Grace and Simon had to go to to get back to the mall car where the Apex were, but also like that didn't take them very long either. Yeah. Although, I, I could be remembering wrong, but I'm pretty sure she said that was 8, not 40. <laughs> I don't know, like, uh, I, I'm, I'm forgetting, but like, you know, they definitely yeah, didn't it have doesn't very matter long. that much. Yeah, yeah, they didn't have terribly long, but also, like, I mean, their whole thing was just basically learning to actually, like, treat each other with respect, basically. <laughs> like, compared to, you know, Grace having to unlearn almost literally half her life of bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, well. <laughs> took a long time. Uh, but yeah, it's um either way, they um they they find out that Morgan has fallen asleep basically by testing the door and 
she's playing anymore. So they sneak downstairs where they find Kez at the welcome desk of the hotel because she is indeed the concierge bell. That's that's what I was thinking, not the entrance desk bell. I was forgetting the word concierge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, people knew what I meant if I said the yeah. entrance bell. It's the one that you ding to get service. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, uh-oh. Hmm? What happened? Uh, nothing worth worrying about. My computer just froze up for a moment. Yeah. Just making a note to edit that out real quick. Sorry. That's okay. Okay. Um, so they sort of like accusatorily demands to know what happened to Jeremy, but she like she doesn't seem to understand the aggression in the request. She's just chatting and. <laughs> Basically, uh, Jeremy's number had been going down for like a while, but he had been keeping it secret from Morgan because he didn't want to hurt her feelings. But that morning, he wanted to talk about his car crash, which is the thing that got him on the train in the first place. Kez said some stuff to him that got him thinking about it, and so he told her the truth about how he got here. Because he was driving at night, and it was foggy, and then a car came at him that was going to collide head-on. So he swerved out of the way to avoid it, but crashed as a consequence. The thing is, his mom and sister died in that crash, and he just spent years blaming himself for it, and that guilt is what got him on the train. Um, just told him that it wasn't his fault, and he agreed, but it was that kind of like fake agreement that you do when you don't agree but also don't want to argue. It's one of those. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the whole, it's the whole like, you know, you should do your laundry today. And it's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> or it's like, it's like very much like, I know I should, but also, fuck it. <laughs> uh, yeah. So since she knew that he wasn't getting it, because she could apparently read that on him, she told him that it was a little bit like, even though he kept on living, he never left the fog. And that was apparently all he needed for his exit to appear. So. She says that he tried to take a look at the portal, but its vortex gravity just sort of sucked him in before he could say goodbye to Morgan or Kez or grab his journal. And Morgan has been blaming Kez for it ever since, because yep. all she saw was Jeremy getting, I mean, Jeremy leaving. So she feels like Kez drove him away and convinced him to go. You know what I mean? He, he also and, forgot his, like, 30 hats. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> like, hang on, hang on a sec. Hang Hang on a sec, one. Don't make that to go away. I'm gonna take it. I just got. I guess I need like thirty seconds. I need like uh, a minute or so. I gotta pack all my hats. Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> the only person to ever leave the train with more luggage than they got on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess technically Jesse. Uh, you know, again, like something like thirty-five years later, Jesse technically on the second time he left the train because he took uh lake with him as well <laughs> yeah, but lake's not luggage true true person. but he left he get, he arrived on the train with less than he came back with it's just yeah, that's a person yeah <laughs> <laughs> but yeah kez says that she misses him too it's like she doesn't really get to express her feelings about this because morgan is so mad at her for causing this and she messed up so bad it's like it's hard for her not to blame herself, too, you know? She did this. And there is a little parallel in here in that she's blaming herself for something that's not her fault. She also never left the fog. You see what I'm saying here? Mm -hmm. And uh, 
Mengi very clearly points out that she helped Jeremy to get his number to zero and go home, which is what they're supposed to do. Like, that's how the train worked. She, she, she told saved them that. Him. She legitimately told them that that's, that, yeah. well, that's the purpose of the train back when they were like, when they left the old West car. I was like, yeah, that's what you gotta do. You gotta learn lessons in junk. Yeah. She very concisely helped him to move past his trauma and did a great thing to do that. Mm-hmm. And it's super not fair for Morgan to be mad at her for helping. And Brian does agree with this, but he's still mad enough that he really can't say much else. Yeah, I mean, hey, to be to be fair, I mean, like, he did, he does bring up the valid point that, like, Kez did, like, kind of lead them along to, like, let's go to the castle and we'll just live there because y'all suck at lowering your numbers, I guess. <laughs> it's like, that <laughs> yeah. was never what they said. It's just like, these guys are guys in the 80s and therefore don't talk about their emotional problems, really, because <laughs> that's yes. just what masculinity was back then and unfortunately kind of still is in a lot of ways to this day. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, that's that's just what it is like, unfortunately. But it's like they never had the intention on living on the train till they died. <laughs> <laughs> also, uh, I I just had a little note here that I had where I wonder if like if initially they kind of had plans for a book that would have been set a little bit more farther in the past, and like we would have maybe got a glimpse of Jeremy, like not as like a main character, but like maybe just in passing. Because like you know, I, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I feel like there was, like, maybe a little bit there where it's, like, again, like, maybe he was just, like, passing by in another car or something like that, just being like, hey, I'm Jeremy, I'm going, I'm heading to this place with my friend Kez, or whatever. <laughs> I, I guess he met Kez on, at the, yeah, he met Kez on the castle car based on his journal. But, like, it could have just, just been, like, him walking walk- past in the background wearing 200 hats at the same time. Yeah, yeah, like the fucking uh, towering pillar of hats from TF2. It's just that guy. <laughs> 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 yeah, like maybe maybe he doesn't even have a voice line, but he was just seen or something like. Because like we don't get a time idea of like how much time has passed since he left the train before Mingi and Ryan got on the train. But like I feel no, like not it, at all. I feel like it couldn't have been that long ago because like it's still like Morgan is still visibly pissed at Kez about it. So it's like I feel like it's like maybe been like a year or even maybe like close to six months or so since then. Probably not yeah. very long. Because like I feel I feel like. I feel like Kez would have found another place to actually stay, like another car by this point. To be fair, she does piss off everybody else in all the cars she goes through. <laughs> so maybe not, just based on that. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah. we'll unfortunately never know the questions to those, and uh, the answers to those questions, because HBO <laughs> sucks. <laughs> yep. But yeah, either way, really what they affirm for her is that she's more or less good at this. She just needs to learn to look a little before leaping. And, you know, just practice, right? But the castle starts shaking, and, like, they're begging her not to kill them by collapsing. <laughs> and she says that it's not her, though, and the, those glitch lines from before start appearing all over the place, and a steward bursts in through the wall, and it doesn't really... It, it, it doesn't seem to know how to move. It's kind of jerking, herky-jerky all around. Sometimes the eyes are, like, wrong and pointing the wrong way. And it says in Amelia's voice that they're all alone. Everyone is alone now. And it unlocks the boots from their feet. So convenient timing, really. Uh-huh. Because I don't know how you get them off if you go back to Earth. Like, you just yeah. have to... <laughs> <laughs> That's, that, that would definitely be... Uh, I mean, that would take some explanation, I think, if you had to try to like, find like a specialist like at unlocking or something, or like a mechanic of some sort, to be like, hey, can you potentially get these off my feet? 
it's a long story. Please don't ask me to go into the details of how these got on, or also why I have <laughs> magnet boots. <laughs> yep. I guess we, I guess we never see if they're actually magnetic boots at this point is a thing, because like I feel like Simon just found a pair and repurposed them or something. By the oh, time I really feel years. like these are just what he had. I don't think he has the wherewithal to make technology. I just think that our yeah, voice I guess how they work. Yeah, they probably weren't on the train long enough to actually experiment around with them. Like maybe if they did have to end up staying in the castle car for the rest of their lives, they would have figured it out. But who knows? But yes, I mean Simon's been on the train for like eight, like seven or eight years. He had time to mess around with them if he found them. I guess. He did. I just don't think he has the aptitude because it's not. He's a dumbass. <laughs> that, but, like magnets, right? Anyone could create yeah. a powerful electromagnet and stick it to your shoes. That's fine. But these work on wood. They work on glass. It doesn't. It's, yeah. They're anti gravity, they no. not magnetic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I just don't think that that's something that's feasible for Simon to have come up with. Yeah, I guess. Um, but but also, way. I mean, he's dumb enough to not be able to make them, and also he's dumb enough to never remember he has them because there's time multiple times when he just climbs up stuff physically, and it's like you have you have boots for this, my guy. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I want to roll the skill check. I want to roll athletics or acrobatics. I don't want to just have the easy way out. I want to roll dice. <laughs> and every time he rolls on that one, because he keeps fucking eating shit from all that. <laughs> Bro, why did you even get the slippers of spider climb if you were just? Gonna- <laughs> Because, hey, you look, you never know, there might be a case where I'm willing to burn the spell slot, okay? I'm just not yet. I want to make sure I have those for Divine Smite. <laughs> uh. Alright, um, having stolen their shoes, the steward just sort of awkwardly leaps out the window and then explodes for no apparent reason. Yeah, uh, so... This a bit of, I guess I can come up with it with the trivia now on this, because I think I might have an idea why this happens, because, like, Owen Dennis at one point confirmed that back in the 80s, prior to Amelia's takeover, that there were multiple stewards, but by the time of book one, she only has the one left, because we only ever see her with one. <laughs> this this I read as, like, she basically just keeps, like, scrapping them for parts and stuff over time, and this is what's clearly, like, her first out in controlling one. I think she just hit the wrong button and hit the self-destruct sequence. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Cause, it. Cause, yeah, because, again, it's like, she doesn't know how any of the shit works. She, like, doesn't know how to try to pretend to be the conductor. Clearly, she's not one, because, like, anybody on the train that's been around would distinctly know that her voice is not the same, but I guess the guys just don't notice or care enough to pay attention. Yeah. But also, they have no context for who Amelia is, or who even one is, or what's going on at this point, which, obviously, mm-hmm. Amelia at this point is taking over the train, but it's like, they they don't know, and it's like, well, seemingly this, like, robot thing just showed up, took the boots off, and then just fucking bounced and blew the fuck up <laughs> for what they saw. <laughs> yep. But yeah, I think it's just that, where it's like, again, like, Amelia is, like, you know, over the course of decades, like, making her robot suit and stuff, and whatever, and, like, experimenting with the train to figure out stuff. I think this is just literally, again, she just hit the self-destruct button back and be like, oh, shit, well, that's what that button does. All right, well, good to know. <laughs> yeah, given how poorly this thing is moving, I fully believe that. But yeah. even beyond that, like, when I say it explodes, that's kind of underplaying it, right? Because this thing leaps out the window, and then we get a <laughs> wide landscape, and it's dark, and then it's one of those, like, small flash of light at the explosion point that then illuminates yeah. the entire <laughs> landscape car. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like... <laughs> The thing would absolutely kill them if it blew up near them. Yeah. Like, it's not nuclear, but it's absolutely over-the-top anime explosion. 
explosion. This is Goku yeah. hitting it with a key blast. Is what's happening here? Yeah, the, the, yeah, or uh, or Gohan going shouting Goku as he explodes. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. or not Gohan. Uh, Tien, the the guy with like yeah. the the bald guy. Yeah, the really the short king. Yeah, I think that's Tien, well, right? The short one. I think is it. Yeah, Tien is the one with three eyes. Oh. Huh, I guess I, I never seen Dragon Ball. I just know the I know the infamous Goku, and then he explodes from the inside out or whatever bit. <laughs> and also, of course, the Yamcha crater. Everybody knows the Yamcha crater. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, Chasu's special technique is self destruct. It's not a very good. Technique. No, I wasn't. No, I thought that was uh, wasn't that Vegeta? Not not Vegeta. Uh, it's the purple and white guy, the Mewtwo looking motherfucker. <laughs> uh. No idea. <laughs> Frieza. Wasn't it Frieza? <laughs> Frieza never self-destructed. No. No, I thought it was Frieza who killed Jiotsu. <laughs> Frillin. That's a different guy. Oh, god damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, there are two short, bald guys, okay? <laughs> oh, fair. <laughs> okay, Krillin is... Yeah, Krillin's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> okay, he's the one Krill- that, Yeah, he, he's, he's the one that blows up. Okay. <laughs> Chaozu's secret technique is self-destruct, and he deliberately explodes. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, I don't, I, yeah, that's not who I'm thinking of then, because he would not be shouting Goku's name, like, in agony before he explodes if it was intentionally <laughs> done, so. Well, no, he was shouting Tianxinhan's name in agony as he exploded. <laughs> Dragon Ball. Dumb. Dragon Ball. <laughs> Uh yes, so uh, the, the the robot does its anime explosion and sends debris flying everywhere, and as it does, the boy's numbers start spinning, only to land right back on two o two again. Uh, this is just the last straw for Ryan. He cannot handle this anymore. Like five years on the train, all this change, all this trying to get better, and not even slightly closer to home. And he starts laughing, but it's really crying. It's one of those you can't cry, so you have to laugh. And he just starts heading back up the stairs doing his Joker thing as Mingi calls desperately after him, and that's the end. Yay! Mm-hmm. Yep, no more Infinity Train, that's the end. They never did an episode 10. Weird. <laughs> Rip to these boys. Come fight <laughs> Find out next time on it. <laughs> yeah. On Infinity Train Z. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, z- same amount of syllables, right? Infinity Train, Dragon Ball? Wait, no, 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 I'm wrong. No. Yeah, yeah, not. (laughs) I I was trying to think of how to just, like, leave off the, like, the Infinity Train Z and just do Infinity Train to the same, like, Dragon Ball Z with Train being in place of Z, but I got nothing. (laughs) No. No, no, Infinity Train, it's because Infinity is four syllables, Dragon Ball is only three. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> That's weird, but you can make it work. You got to say infinity. <laughs> yeah. So you got yeah, that, that no, that just sounds wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um I don't know. This is a weirdly slow episode even though we spent 50 minutes talking about it. Yeah. It's all backstory, you know? It's all finding out where we stand now, and not a whole lot of communication. It's just lore dump. Yeah, it's just like finding out more of just what happened between Kez and Morgan, with not much advancement for the guys, really. Yeah, it's really interesting. Like, the two episodes we're covering today, 
I feel like this is the closest we ever come to a traditional 20 minute episode. It's just that they cut it in half. <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be fair, like there's been a lot of episodes in both book three and four that feel like it's just like, yeah, this is just like probably should have been just like one longer episode because it continues right afterwards. Well, I'm not talking about the continuation. I just mean like in terms of theme, in terms of plot, in terms of like the structure yeah. of the action. That's fair. Like, yeah, there are definitely some that just keep going. And in fact, basically all of them this season have. Yeah, like they, there's really like not been many times that they like seem like they had like a bit of a time skip. Yeah. But yeah, um, I don't know. Neat stuff, I suppose. Uh, Talking Castle. Who'd want you to be in there? <laughs> yeah. Don't phrase it like that. <laughs> What? She does. I mean, they're technically right, but don't phrase it like that. <laughs> you could just be like at the talking castle who has separation issues and doesn't want you to leave because she gets lonely and depressed about the many people leaving. You don't have to phrase it as like it's a talking castle who wants you inside her. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, yes, but what you said was way longer, is the thing. I know, I know, but it also like can be interpreted way less ambiguously compared to like does the castle want me to stay, or does the castle want me to fuck me, based on the way you phrased it? <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, Morgan, I don't know how this would work out. And it's like, well, we'll figure out a way. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yes, um, yeah. just real quick, I don't think we need a Patreon spot this week, because we are, like, all, almost at two hours already. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, Patreon.com slash us weirdos cast. We have good stuff. Uh, get X Files 13 weeks early, get uh, book reviews, and get Let's Plays. That's our, spro- our plug for today. <laughs> Yay! All right, then let's yeah. just go into the finale of this whole show, then, which is. There is one thing I want to touch on real mm-hmm. quick, and that is to reiterate our call from last. Well, it won't be last week, but it's last week for me as of this recording mm-hmm. to donate to the. Uh, emergency community fund if you can because studios yeah, are I, bleed yeah, actors I, I, this is a way you can support them i'm glad you brought that up because i meant to actually like mention them as well because like i listened to the adam conover episode of uh, more civilization myself as well and it's like you mentioned it there and i was like i forgot to jot it down to say the link that they have but yeah you'll, you'll find it if you look for like how it's it. emergency it's entertainment community oh <laughs> uh, gotcha yeah. But, yeah, yeah, go go support them. Fuck Disney, fuck Netflix, fuck HBO. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. The so that org. Yeah, there we go. Alright, that's it. I think we should finish the show, huh? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, so episode ten, the finale of book four and the show overall, unless HBO decides to get their heads up out of their asses, is yep. the train to nowhere. <laughs> I guess we could call the episode that. <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> yeah. uh, you'll, get, listeners, you'll know when you listen to this one what our suggestion for the title is, and I think we're going to name it that. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, in any case, uh, basically, we we open with just a shot of like the, the like the denizens who all want to murder Kez just basically around the campfire at this point, and it's basically everybody but Judge Morpho present because Cow Creamer is still in her base food components and somehow the Parka aliens survive getting a fucking brick wall dropped on them. <laughs> I, I don't know how, but they're here. They're still in their floating eyeball forms. Maybe their floating eyeball forms have like a lot of like damage reduction or they have regeneration or something, but they did not die. 
somehow. Well, since they're obviously they've got the Scion class, they must have taken the Psionic Defenses to talent, which gives AD equal to 13 plus modifiers. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, they're not dead. Uh, any point, uh, Mingi basically asked Morgan for some more food to try to learn Ryan out, because apparently he's been on like a depression hunger strike for long enough that the other meals that they've left near his door have basically just started to fully rot and attract flies. So like, I feel like this is like multiple days later at the minimum. I don't think that's really true. I think this food looks like it's actually like straight up like melting. Yeah. Okay. What I'm trying to say is that food will start going bad pretty fast if you just leave it out. Like, and especially if you don't know how the train works. But more importantly, there are only three meals on the floor here. It's not like there's dozens of them. This is I, like I a guess, day. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but it's like it's it's mostly just because like some of these bits of food look like they're kind of like falling over, melting in a sense. Like I, they they looked like they were here longer to me. But you do bring up a point that there are only three meals. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Maybe train magic food rots faster. <laughs> Maybe who knows? At any point, uh. Like, Mingi and Kez enter his room since it's been long enough since they've actually seen him or he's seen anything. And Ryan's basically apparently just been sitting in a chair near the fireplace this whole time for, like, at least a day, it seems, because he doesn't seem like he's moved. And he basically just, like, asks Morgan to toss a blanket over him so that he doesn't need to look at the world, I guess. Because <laughs> he's depressed. Uh, Mingi asks this, this is the plan now, and Ryan just basically spirals into hopelessness because Jeremy was here for five years, so what are they going to do? They can't possibly get any better. Their numbers haven't been decreasing at all. They're fucked, obviously. <laughs> Very, like, Morgan is so accommodating, even though she was trying to kill them last time. She's just not even... Yeah, she, she hasn't been, like, booting them out or murder, trying to continue to murder them. She's just been like, yeah, whatever, here's a blanket, here's food, whatever. <laughs> Guess you're just here to stay for a bit, who knows. <laughs> I don't know like if she... this is part of her nature as a sentient hotel or what, but she just, she could deny them service, and she's not doing that. Yeah, like, maybe she's, like, still, like, part of her, like, nature is, like, she still has to actually supply them with stuff that they ask, even if it's, like, well, she could also just try to murder them, but she seemed like she's just, like, eh, I kind of, that ship sailed, I guess I'm not gonna really, at this point, just yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Mingi, at this point, assures him that they'll get their exits eventually, and at this, Ryan just sighs and reveals that he already got his back when Mingi was being attacked by the Dostons. <laughs> Why he didn't bring this up at the time when they were having an argument, I don't know. <laughs> I was, obviously, he waited for it to reveal it at the most dramatic point that he could, I guess. Maybe. Uh, yeah. But Maybe he, does he just felt super guilty because he does confirm here of what I yeah, suspected. Yeah, true. Yeah, we, bo we both had that suspicion at the time of, like, did he actually consider taking his door? And he does say, like, yes, he did actually consider briefly for taking his exit. And he feels mm -hmm. guilty about almost leaving his best friend behind to potentially die. I say best friend, I also mean only friend, because we don't apparently don't know if Ryan has any other friends. <laughs> uh, but yeah, but basically this confirmed to him that the train knew he was garbage, and, you know, it took the, his exit away as a result, and now he concludes that Mingi knows he's garbage too for almost leaving him, and he covers himself back up with the blanket. So Mingi just leaves to play the food on the floor and leaves. <laughs> Isn't it great how emotions in the 80s were just no emotions or angst? Yay! <laughs> it's 
Well, at least in that regard, modern day is better. <laughs> Yeah, there's, yep, there's, yep. there's still bad stuff going on in modern day, but at least we have that where we can actually get to the point where people are actually willing to talk about stuff now. <laughs> yeah, listen, I've been in the no emotions part. It's not great. Yeah. <laughs> now, admittedly, when it stopped happening, I desperately wanted to go back to it because when you're in the transition process, it feels so much better to not have to feel things. But <laughs> mm-hmm. afterwards, yep. it's like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it turns out. It's, it's you know, just like how you say, like, it's it's part of the actual, also, uh, other transition process of, like, once you have those thoughts, you know, most people initially are like, wait, no, I must be wrong, right? I can't, this can't be real, right? And then most of the time it's actually is real. <laughs> it do be that way. <laughs> yep. Yay. Anyway, uh, hours later, judging by Ryan's fire being fully burned out, he hears Mingi playing his little... I forget the name of it. The little synthesizer that he oh, has. Wow. Yeah, 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 that thing. <laughs> He's basically playing it in, in on the dining hall, and he basically goes to check in on him and Kez. Uh, Mingi just says that he wanted to get some practice in because he's reevaluated some stuff, and he wants to go with Ryan to New York uh, to the performance in the end anyway. And yeah, basically, he tells Ryan that he didn't leave him at the art gallery car to die since everyone including himself have bad thoughts on occasion. You know, happens to the best of us. Uh, he's still unsure if they'll actually sell any albums at all, but they'll figure it out uh, eventually. Uh, but what he does know for certain that he hates his uh, financial degree plans to go to school as well as working at a Humpty Dumpty themed restaurant and dealing with his racist customers like Horace. <laughs> Which, I had to stop and be like, who the fuck is Horace? Like, what did he say? You know, like, I had to rewatch that, like, a few times and be like, what did he say that he hates? And, like, when I figured out he said Horace, it's like, oh, the racist old guy from episode one yep. who hasn't come up at all <laughs> until now. And it's like, yep. wow, right. I, I remember that guy was there. I did not remember his name because it only got brought up once. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, me just saying, like, he hates racists, basically. <laughs> I do want to clarify briefly. I think he's saying that he just hates finances in general, because as I recall, he was going for a finance degree, so... Yeah, yeah, he says that he hates finance, but, like, I mean, this basically is him saying... Yeah, like, this basically him saying that he doesn't want to go to college at this point for a degree he hates, though. It's just really... Hey, listen, uh, having been to school for a degree that I enjoy, absolutely do not go for a degree you hate. It will destroy you. (laughs) Yeah, that's why my initial plan to go for electrical engineering did not play out in any actual electrical engineering classes, and I switched to English. I haven't used that degree for anything, but at least I went for something I care about. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, In any case, uh... The thing college does so it's like uh i caught like only half of that you're breaking up a lot and i think the red flag is back huzzah i was saying listen the thing that college does these days is give you the experience of going to college so as long as you enjoy it that's what matters the degree is kind of secondary yeah unfortunately that's kind of the truth at this point Again, like, I mean, I'd say I didn't use my degree for anything. Technically, I used it for one thing, which was the job in Japan, because you needed any college degree. <laughs> which, again, that coupled with you had to be born in some place where English is your native language should have keyed me off to the fact that it wasn't actually a real teaching job at all. It was really just daycare. <laughs> uh, you know, live and learn. <laughs> 
At any rate, uh, Mingi at this point uh, then throws the diner keys out the window to fall into the moat, and he tells Ryan that because Ryan stuck with him, he's now stuck with him. <laughs> it's, it's a little bit of funny deli line delivery where he says, you stuck with me, so now you're stuck with me. <laughs> Basically just repeating himself. <laughs> and they just end up having a little bit of a jam session. Uh, or they, they want to have a jam session, but like as like Mingi goes to like, offer his hand to Ryan to, like, uh, help lift him up. His number goes down to 105. And then they basically proceed to wake up Morgan with their music, and when she's yelling at them, they just say that they're never going to stop playing even if it annoys people. Which, I mean, that's basically been Mingy with his little synthesizer for most of his life, I feel. <laughs> I mean, that's the lesson of the season. <laughs> yeah, I mean, his family's clearly hated this little synthesizer forever. <laughs> Ever since he was, like, six. <clears throat> uh, yeah. But basically, this act of defiance against a critic, I guess, is enough to get Mingi's number to drop to zero. So his exit appears for the first time. He's standing up for himself and finally doing the thing he wants to. It's like, yeah. that's his thing. Mm -hmm. Yep. But poor Ryan is still at 202. Because I, I thought earlier on in the season their numbers were changing at the same rate. But I guess yes, at some point... Yes, they were. It, yeah. Which is interesting that they have not both been changing to be the same number all the time. Like, I thought it was, like, more to convey that they had to, like, learn a shared lesson, basically, to get their numbers to decrease, but in time, it's just kind of separated. Well, there so is an interesting thing here, and it's it's just a brief shot. I think it's probably an animation error. But when they're playing and they turn to look at the door... Uh, Mingi's hand is back up to 202, even when yeah, the door is open. I, I noticed that too. I didn't see it like mentioned on the wiki as like a like error, but it has to be an error because his door is still there. <laughs> like if his number yeah, went back up, his, yeah, like I mean, if his number went back up, his exit would have disappeared, much like it did with Ryan's outside mm -hmm. the art gallery. But yeah, it's it's gotta just be a, a no oversight. Yeah, but at any point, uh, Mingi basically just decides to ignore his door and continue to play his little synthesizer. And Morgan yells at him about why he's just standing around, to which he refuses to leave by himself, saying that either they both leave or neither of them do. So at least, at least he's mm -hmm. not willing to also like leave Ryan behind, like Ryan briefly considered. <laughs> like, <laughs> he, he, I've had problems with Mingi throughout this show, but at least in this, like when Push comes to Jeff, he is an upstanding, decent guy, even if yeah. he's been a bit thick-headed often. <laughs> He's yeah. kind of arrogant and kind of slow to realize stuff, but he's yeah. going to be there for you when things are finally, finally down. Yeah. Like, when Push comes to shove, he will actually have your back, even if he can be insensitive at times. Now, admittedly, there is some push and pull there, because he did leave Ryan alone on stage twice, but... Yeah, yeah, but that's different than, like, leaving you on the train to potentially live out the rest of your days, because you can't actually get your number down to zero to get out. <laughs> yes. That's, like, that's a little bit of, like, embarrassment compared to, uh, potentially consigning your fate to die on a weird interdimensional train. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh. Yeah. But basically, Morgan then angrily says that if he's gonna leave her like Jeremy, then to just not make her wait on it, and just starts floating furniture around them threateningly, saying that she'll make him take its exit if he has to. Uh. But Minky still refuses to leave without Ryan, and she basically almost hits him with like the statue wielding the axe from earlier, but stops herself before she just chops his head off. <laughs> 
she she lets everything drop to the floor and bemoans how Kez is basically making her relive her trauma, but Kez just says that she's trying to help, and Ryan points out that it's not her making Morgan react with violence, and that Kez just helping Jeremy was just her trying to help somebody that she cared about. Yeah, like, which is very like, true and valid. Yeah. Like it's not like I'm doing this to you. Like this is this is how you're reacting to it, but that's not how I'm doing this. This is just because I care. <laughs> like, it's not my fault that you feel like it's this way. But at this point, Mingi says that despite Morgan's anger at passengers, he really doesn't believe that she wants to hurt them at all. And Morgan admits that she doesn't, but she does know some people who do. <laughs> Which I interpret as she still wants to low key kill them. <laughs> she just doesn't want to get her hands fully dirty. <laughs> yep. But, Figurative hands. She's she's a castle. <laughs> she's indeed a castle. Yeah. But yeah. But basically, outside the Parker denizens, I guess maybe their time doll got damaged slightly in all that commotion because they like basically uh, like adjusting it a little bit. We don't fully see, but it's like it's like kind of off screen, but it's implied that they're adjusting it because they use it to return to their alien forms, as well as basically resurrect Cow Creamer because they use it on her base components and she just reverts to her normal form. <laughs> and as they it's do very this, strange. It is very strange. Like, she kind of just has, like, a little surprise, like, oh. <laughs> it's like, so, was she sentient for that as her base component? I guess so. <laughs> well, I have to assume so. I don't think it would, like, unless that O is, oh, I've just been born. I don't. <laughs> yeah, which, again, if you've just been born, usually you don't know words <laughs> as soon as you're born. Yeah. <laughs> so I think it's her just being like, yeah, that was a weird experience. Huh? Sucks. But, well, I'll leave it back. I've never run a pile of trash before. <laughs> <laughs> she's not trash. She was food. She was she was she was a pile of food. <laughs> Everybody can relate to feeling like a pile of trash, but not a pile of food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anyway, as they do this, Morgan lowers the drawbridge and lures them in with an invitation to go do some murder. So they all load up on Pig Toddler and just basically lay waste to the castle as uh, Pig Toddler just crashes through the very small like doorways and archways that he can't fit in as they head off to the dining hall to find them. Uh, at this point, M Morgan basically tells uh, them to... T well, to, she, she basically just like tells Mingi, take your exit or die, you fucker, I'm fine either way, basically. <laughs> uh, Mingi then points out that she'd rather let herself get destroyed from these assholes just to get to them, and she's like, yeah, guess so. <laughs> guess I'm okay <laughs> with dying. Guess I'll die. <laughs> yep. And, yep. And Kez suggests that they run, but the others basically just refuse to run anymore, just seemingly in general. I guess they're just over their whole issues, just like that. Uh, <laughs> and as the denizens get closer, the guys tell Kez that they can't make this decision for her, but that she knows what to do. And at this point, they all crash into the wall, Kool-Aid Man style, and begin to descend on Kez, but she finally shouts out that she's sorry, probably for the first time in her life, actually saying this word. Almost certainly. <laughs> yeah. And elaborates a bit that her trying to ignore everything has only made things worse for everybody involved. Uh, Cow Creamer at this point looks like she won't accept a simple apology, but after a little bit of glaring at Kez, she does say that apologizing is a good start. And, like, you know... This basically leads into a sequence where, like, everybody just goes around apologizing to each other. Like, you know, Pig Toddler apologizes for trying to eat them because he's just so hungry. The Parker Denizens are sorry for using their time dial to basically force Pig Toddler to grow. There's <laughs> a, a funny bit that I'm being like, I'm sorry for forcing your ward? Like, they're not sure exactly of Cow Creamer's <laughs> relation to Pig Toddler. 
Because, like, I mean, she is, her, she is his caretaker, but we don't know what their actual, like, relationship is in terms of, like, is this her son? Yeah, <laughs> that's the son? questionable. No. Yeah, that's why they go with Ward. But basically, the important ones in all this are Ryan and Mingi apologizing to each other for the high school band skip out from way back then. You know, it, it, more more than that, but I, I don't think it's really more, like, the club stuff, even though Mingi also had stage right then. I think it's more just, like, the <laughs> initial thing that separated them. Yeah. But then, hey, guess what? Morpho also apparently didn't die here because she's up, still inside of Pig Toddler saying, fuck this all. Uh, she forcibly opens up Pig Toddler's mouth, refuses to accept that apology, and still just tries to kill Kaz. <laughs> so, I don't know how she, like... I can kind of at least see the Parker Denizens not getting killed by a wall falling on them because they're like, you know, psionic brains and stuff. They might have yeah. powers that help them survive. I don't know how Morpho didn't get digested or at least start to get digested being inside Pig Dollar for like at least half a day, if not more. <laughs> well, Morpho looks like a regular butterfly. I said pretty on the regular, because that is how the metamorphosis process works, so. I guess, I guess, but still. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's like, that's different, though. That's the caterpillar making a cocoon from them to trans their gender, basically, in a sense. That's different than being eaten by something and digested. <laughs> I mean, it, I, it's pretty much the same. I don't know. I I don't think Morpho should have been still alive at this point. Is the thing. Like, because what happens is that the caterpillar's digestive juices literally melt it from the inside out to reconstitute it into a butterfly. So it's still digestive acid. You know what I mean? Well, we don't know what happens to Morpho afterwards because Ryan hits her so hard with his uh, guitar that she flies up the fireplace out of the chimney and team rockets into the sky, so she might be dead anyway. <laughs> I don't think she's dead, but probably, maybe, I don't know. The wiki lists her fate as unknown because we don't know, so she might be dead, who can say? <laughs> yeah, it's definitely unknown, but I just don't feel like this is a... Uh... If she could survive I, being inside the pig for a day and a half, she's going to be I okay guess. flying. Yeah, I guess Team Rocket never dies by twinkling out into the sky. <laughs> they have plot armor, though. But I don't know. I don't think Morpho is on the same level as Team Rocket. <laughs> True that. Yeah. Uh, at any point, uh, Ryan then basically borrows the time dial to undo the damage to the dining hall's furniture, and the various denizens head out while using the dial to fix the giant hole in the wall. At this, Kaz then apologizes to Morgan about everything concerning Jeremy and that she cares about both him and her. But Morgan basically just doesn't feel better about this since she had a plan with Jeremy and now has nothing, so what was actually the point of it all? At this, Ryan says that the experience was the point itself and realizes that he's also been rushing himself along and not just Minky, which also causes his own number to hit zero because he finally had his actual main revelation that he needed for so long. <laughs> and his door basically just appears and merges with Mingi's to just make... It's it's the same size door. I was expecting it to be, like, double size because it's, like, been a whole weird thing with the train of, like, them having <laughs> gone on the same time with the same number and all. But no, it's just the same normal size door. Yep. Uh, yeah. Morgan then tells them to leave when they're ready since she has to be alone for a bit. But she tells Kez that maybe they can talk later. So at least that leaves the opening there of, like, maybe Kez and Morgan can figure things out and fix their relationship. 
And this, uh, Mingy tells Kez to listen for them on the radio, if they get radio out of here. Spoilers, they don't receive radio waves from the real world, apparently, because Kez says they don't. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, does better. And Ryan asks to see if Kez actually rings, like, a regular uh, reception bell, since he says it. When he was saying this the first time, I was like, are you trying to ask, like, are you trying to hit on Kez? It's really reads like you're trying to hit on Kez like you hit on the cat. <laughs> Please tell me it's not that. But it's just, no, he just wanted to ring to see if she rings like a regular bell, but she does. <laughs> I mean, it's especially juxtaposed because it's fully after Mingi kissed her and then Ryan's all, can yeah. I ask this of you? I don't want to be too forward, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, I don't want to ask, I don't want to be weird about this, but if I don't ask, I'll always regret it for the rest of my life. And it's like, it's not even like vocalized, like, Kez is kind of like, like, looks a little bit like knowing, uh, kind of just lets him ding the bell, and she just like has a look on her face like, everybody asks me this, and everybody wants to do this all the time, this is so boring. <laughs> She's also a little bit blushing, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Also, I just realized by saying that, they never actually made good on their deal with the cat. The cat helped them out, and they never paid her back. <laughs> <laughs> like Samantha hasn't shown up this entire season besides that episode. I was fully expecting her to show up and just saying that made me go like, wait, they never paid back to Samantha for helping them escape Morpho. <laughs> this is true. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I guess whatever. <laughs> maybe that would have been addressed in a future season and be like, wait a sec, where are those assholes? Bring them back. They owe me. <laughs> I mean, maybe Kez can... <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe Kez would be like, hey, uh, you know, they left the train and before you showed up. I'll help. I'll, I'll, I'll do you a solid in exchange. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> Basically, uh, yeah, that dude, they do that. They all say their goodbyes to Kez and that they love her, and she loves her corpse friends too as they head out because she calls them corpses again. <laughs> mm-hmm. Funny callback. She hasn't called them corpses since like episode three, but it's funny that she brings it up again. <laughs> at this, uh, someone specified time later at a small club in, uh, I got him now actually thinking, it's Utica, right? Is that about I, I believe so, yes. And for some reason, I was thinking Ithaca, but then when I saw Utica, it's like, oh, wait, yeah. Yeah, I never actually said that. I always think Ithaca. But yeah, in Utica, North, uh, God, I almost said North Carolina, New York, uh, the guys play their new song, The Train to Nowhere, which alludes to their time on the train after, to, you know, some minor applause. It's like, it's like a polite applause, mostly. It's not like they're getting, like, no attention paid to them, like we saw based on the supercut of Ryan trying his own solo act. Uh, I don't want to, like, go too hard on them. But they are acting like this is a out and out metal ballad, and it's kind of just light pop, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> but yeah, uh, a woman who they don't list the name or voice actor of at all on the wiki yet, uh, disappointing, uh, approaches them and asks if they have cassettes, but they're still working on that as the final book of Infinity Train ends because HBO sucks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, um... that's that show. <laughs> <laughs> it's we- it's a weird way to end it as we mentioned at the top of the episode it's strange that this is how the show just ends because again obviously yeah. they had plans for more and then HBO was like fuck that why would we continue a show people like <laughs> it's it's very like this is a good ending for these two I understand yeah. this as the end but as the ending of the series it's just kind of it falls yeah it's like, I, I really do wish that, like, they actually could try to actually get Book 5 done just for, like... I mean, showing, like, Amelia's takeover to train, I feel like, is a much better way for the show to end overall. Because, like, at least you get the context of, like, here's what was going on during Book 4 on Amelia's end. This is how she took mm-hmm. over the train for the time of Tulip's time. And it's, like, that would feel like a more satisfying, like, this is the conclusion of Infinity Train as a whole. Which is a bummer yeah. that they didn't get to do that. 
Like, as much as this is an anthology series about other people, ultimately it is a story about Amelia, so it would be nice to see the beginning of that, just to, you know, you get it in reverse, right? Yeah. Yeah, like, uh, it is still an interesting way that we actually do at least see, like, some of her arc, because, like, obviously we see her in near the end of season one. We see her again in season two, uh, season three for, like, two and a half-ish episodes, and then, like, we see this, like, the illusions of this stuff going on of how she took over the train in this, like, flashback season. But it's, like, it still would have been neat to actually see it fully, but, again, HBO sucks, hmm. so they gotta kill a lot of things people care about and keep doing whatever HBO even has these days. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> <laughs> so, yeah. But, uh, funnily enough, I know we have a question, but it ain't actually related to Infinity Train at all. What? <laughs> uh, you can, uh, uh, yeah. Sorry, that was, I missed that whole thing. Yeah. Oh, I, I said like that. I was trying to segue into questions because I know we have one, but it's not actually not related to Infinity Train whatsoever. <laughs> ah, well, uh, I just wanted to say that there was another thing that I mentioned at the top that there is a issue that I am upset about with this show, and that is I was told going in by multiple different sources, mind that this was the only season with canonically stated queer yeah, protagonists. Yeah. I, I that's also something I've been saying that. since the first episode of this show because that's what mm-hmm. I was told, and th- like it's not in the show. No, like <laughs> like there's like there's that slight allusion to it maybe of like how like when Mingy says he won't leave without Ryan, Ryan blushes at him, mm-hmm. but like you could easily read that as like him being like, oh, we are actually friends. Like we we're, yeah. like we've we've had our differences, but like we are bros. We will stick with each other. It's like yeah, you could also read that as like him realizing that he has like more romantic feelings for Mingi. But it's like we don't see these two kiss. We don't see them like even hold hands like less than a chorus show <laughs> with Korasami. I mean, I would just be happy of an acknowledgement of feelings for each other. <laughs> yeah, like, hey, it's been complicated, but, like, we good? We good. Like, or whatever, something like that, or whatever. Because bros being bros can't actually, like, mm-hmm. fully talk about stuff. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, that little blush and then Kez's allusion to you could live here without the hang-ups of the real world are the only real indicators that they are in any way queer. Yeah. And it's, Which is, like... it's it's so weird, again, because, like, how much they, like, snuck in, like, the, like, yeah, Lake is a trans allegory. Like mm-hmm. that's that entire story in book two is this is a queer person's awakening basically is like that's way more explicit and it's mostly like a lot of it carries based on the weight of like them trying to be like I'm a person fuck what the train says. Oh, what's you up? Yeah, uh, you let you let it call for a sec. Weird. Yeah, weird. <laughs> uh, I am a person. Fuck what the train says. I believe. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Of like, that's based like you know most of that whole story of them being like basically a trans person was from that. Like when they were yelling at the train of like, "I'm a person. I don't care what the train says. I deserve to mm-hmm. be able to leave." Yeah. Like I'm not what the train claims I am. I'm my own person with my own thoughts and feelings and get to decide for myself. Yeah, I I do get the the metaphor is there a little bit right mm-hmm. because. The entire season, Ryan and Mingi are just so scared to show each other who they are and, like, open up at all. Uh So it is there a little bit, but it's just not... You have to do a 
deep metatextual reading to get to that. And that's not what I was expecting at all. I really thought there was going to be something at least a little overt in these final episodes. Yeah, again, it's like, it's weird to compare it of like, how like, you got more overt with Nickelodeon with Korosami, which released, like, that happened before Infinity Train aired. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's still like, again, like, oh, that could just be them holding hands to walk into the spirit realm, ignore the fact that they look deeply in each other's eyes, and just like, uh, you know, Aang and uh, Katara did in the original series. Don't worry about that. But like, uh, it's still like, that was still like, more overt, at least, just based on the fact that they were at least showing like, genuine and affecting for each other rather than just yeah we're friends <sighs> it, it, yeah, it, yeah it's weird yeah i was waiting for it for so long and then it's like oh it's just eh. i guess people just read into it a lot or like maybe like owen dennis confirmed that but like based on what i looked at the wiki i could not see anything about like owen dennis confirmed that they're supposed to be kid coded or something yeah i did not see that either <laughs> mm. yep well then <sighs> Yeah, so, I don't know. Like, ultimately, I'm very happy that you picked this series. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that we got a chance to spend some time on the train. Uh, I feel like I've worked out a lot of my issues. I'm ready to go back to the real world. (laughs) But also, you know, this is just kind of an anticlimactic final car. (laughs) Were you looking at your hand too saying that? Because I actually did kind of instinctively look at mine. (laughs) Well, of course. (laughs) Yeah. Like, well, there's no number on it, so this must be the real world. This isn't the podcast car anymore. <laughs> I guess, I guess uh, one one's going to have to make new denizens for the podcast car because we're not there anymore. Hmm. Who will be selected to carry on the curse? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, much like you said, like, I, I was glad that I had an excuse to finally actually watch the rest of the show because, as I mentioned multiple times, I only ever saw season one. Like, Obviously, I heard a lot of stuff about Lake. I I knew Lake's like chosen name going into the show or as a whole because you know cultural osmosis. The, the show released like years ago at this point, so mm-hmm. it's like I just heard that. So it's like I I didn't like it was mostly see, like book two, uh, three, and four were the ones I didn't really know much of anything about. And then it's like, oh, right. Z- Simon sucks. <laughs> Mingy and Ryan <laughs> low key suck at times, but they at least are not nearly as bad as uh, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess this is maybe not a fair comparison to ask but just taking owl house out of the equation because we both know how that'll go yeah. how do you feel about infinity train compared to she because i think they both I, had some I, significant disappointments yeah. in them compared to what we were expecting right yeah I, I i was kind of feeling like you might ask that and like i i think i do kind of put infinity train a little bit above uh she and I think that's yeah. mostly just because Infinity Train actually does tackle, like, more adult issues at times. Like, even from the start, it's like, oh, here's... Like, each book has, like, a different, like, real theme to it. Because, like, even from the start, it's like, here's a teenager going through her parents falling out of love and getting divorced. Which is yeah. a hard thing to go through at any age. Like, especially if you're a kid. And, like, Shira was just, like, again, like, I was, like, they kind of just... I get that, like, Catra redeems herself a little bit just by helping Glimmer escape and all, but it's like, they kind of forgive her too easily, and also, like, Catra Dora is kind of just a bit rushed, in a sense. I don't know <laughs> how much of that is just the writing in general, and also how much of that is Netflix being like, okay, you can have the gay kiss, but only at the very end. Again, similar to Korra, in a sense, but, like, wow. you know, people... Pe- 
people started reading that Korosami was going to happen back in book three of Korra. So, like, they, <laughs> it was seeded at least there uh, over the course of books three and four. Shira is like, I get that there's, like, things where it's, like, it alludes to them being a little bit more than just, you know, childhood friends and everything. But it's, like, it's mm-hmm. it definitely still feels a little bit rushed there. Like, it's, yeah. like... It's different, like, again, like, uh, not to compare it as much with Owl House, but it's like, you know, you, you see, like, how, like, Amity figures out that she falls for Luce real hard because it's like she realizes that Luce is not an asshole and it's actually just an awkward person trying to be friends and everything. And it's like, it's not until, like, Adventures in the Elements when she has her first, like, little blush at Luce being like, yeah, we, we work well together, uh huh. And then it's like, it's not until, like, they're both at school being like, her being like, what's going on? Why do I feel this way? What's up with this? And then it's like, oh, it's because I'm gay. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I see where you're, like, mm-hmm. if I may offer in comparison, look, in Shira, and I'm not trying to excuse everything here. I'm trying to make a contrast. Yeah. Netflix execs did not approve Catradora until the oh. episode Save the Cat. Which you may remember mm. as the last season episode where Catra was prime pilled and Adora had to go pull her out of there. Yeah. That's what convinced them to say yes. So that's like five episodes before the end. Yeah, yeah, that's super late. That's like, because that's like right before they had the stopover where uh, Catra takes three levels of Ranger to become a beastkeeper with her cat companion. Uh, mm-hmm. Who's Avog? Yeah, Milag. I was trying to remember Milag's name. It's like, it's going backwards, right, Milag. Where it's like, and then, like, they get back to Theria, and it's like, what, like, a couple episodes before, it's like, alright, time for the final fight, let's go! Yep. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's insane to think about it being that late, that it's like, there's, like, half the season left, and this is when you finally said it's okay for us to do the gay stuff? Okay, we gotta quickly rework and rewrite some stuff to fit this in. That's, that's insane <laughs> to think about. That's, like, Compared to, like, yeah, like, despite uh, Disney's, like, you know, whole deal with, you know, fucking over Owl House, they still at least, like, mm-hmm. let Dana Terrace write a bisexual protagonist and a lesbian love interest and also have, like, multiple other queer characters. You know, to be fair, a lot of them got confirmed outside the show, like Willow being Pan and Hunter yeah. being Bi. That was stuff they couldn't have time to put in, but it's, like, it's it's technically there even if it's not in the show and it's like much like you know like again we got like rain was such a good representation of a non-binary character which we really don't get in media much especially cartoons they didn't stop that even if they screwed over the show as a whole because disney is terrible under bob jpeg and well now bob Iger, i guess (laughs) i think a thing that we have sort of accidentally stumbled into this was by no means deliberate on our choice Mm -hmm. on our part but We've kind of taken a peek at several different eras of queer animation, right? Yeah. She-Ra is where it like starts in that they there can't well, really Infinity Train, even though it came later, in mm-hmm. that you're not allowed to say anyone is gay. You just have to tell the story and hope. Yeah. And then She-Ra is able to push that a little further. They're fighting and they get the one thing at the very end. Mm-hmm. And then finally we hit out like it's it's almost a progression in a way. We just did it yeah, backwards. Yeah, because it's interesting because, like, Infinity Train... Did Infinity Train end in 2020 or 2021? I think 21. Yeah, because, like, Infinity Train, I I think, ended then. Yeah, that sounds right. Because, like, I remember that 
She-Ra ended, I think, in 2020, like, basically around the same time as Dianeris did, and by that point, Avalos has only started, like, by, like, a couple months, because Avalos started in January 2020. So it's, like, yeah. it's, like, a, it's an interesting thing where it's, like, Avalos begins, like, right near when, like, you know, Steam Universe, which is, like, a pretty, like, queer show overall, you know, finishes. Infinity Train is, like, maybe, like, getting close to the midway point or end point of book three, just based on, like, my guess is at that point, and, like, She-Ra about to end. The final episode of Infinity Train aired in April 21, so... Okay, yeah. Because I think, like, didn't they, like, dump all of them at once? Yeah, like, yeah, they like just Netflix put them style. all on max. Yeah, yeah, so then, like, yeah, like, Book three probably was like summer twenty twenty. Makes wanna sense. Say. Yeah, so I guess like they basically maybe like finished like Lake Story before Owl House began and before Shira ended. Yeah, it, it it's I mean it is very much like I've seen people make that point of comparison that it's like you know shows like Shira and like um like uh, Legend of Korra basically walked so Owl House could run and it really does just seem that way <laughs> in a lot of ways. Yeah. <laughs> It is kind of interesting that, like, we covered shows from, like, like you say, like, kind of different eras, even if, like, there was obviously some overlap with She-Ra and the other shows in general. <laughs> but it's like, yeah, it's, and I guess, between Owl House and Infinity Train themselves, but it's like, yeah, they all feel, like, kind of distinct in a way, because, like, one ended in 2020, the other ended in 2021, the other ended in 2023, just four yeah. months ago. <laughs> Actually, got almost to the date. I think Owl House's finale aired on April 9th. And this is August 10th when we're doing this, so like almost <laughs> exactly four months ago. <laughs> yep. This is weird that it's already been four, like a quarter of the year since that last ended. <laughs> but yeah, no, I just like I say, that wasn't our plan going into this series, but I think it's interesting that we kind of hold on to that sort of yeah. progression of representation by mistake. Yeah, in a sense. I mean, I guess, like, part of it is also, like, when it comes to, like, other shows we discussed, they are, like, kind of more recent shows, just because, <laughs> like, when, again, like, this shift started actually happening, and, like, you know, even if it is just, like, okay, you can have, like, two girls hold hands or whatever, you know, I, I'm thinking of, like, Star Wars yeah. Force of Evil, where it's, like, I know that's, like, most of the representation, besides, like, people, like, interpreting Marco at times of, like, maybe Marco's, like, gender fluid or something, or whatever the details <laughs> was exactly, but it's, like, that's mostly the extent of that. Yeah. <laughs> Although, isn't there like a brief? Isn't there like a brief part in Star Wars: Force of Evil where like two girls kiss or something too? I think in like the background. I think I heard. Uh, probably. Or is it? Or is it, um, I, 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 it might also be like the two girls who also hold hands. I think I'm. I think they might also have a little kiss near the end too, just like on the cheek um, or something. Yeah, basically. So the uh, the the character that Marco has a crush on for the first few seasons, Jackie. Mm -hmm. Uh, she kind of gets eclipsed by his ultimate love interest, and that's okay, though. They date briefly and break up, and then in the end, I believe, not the last episode, pretty close, near the end of the last season, Jackie shows up again with their girlfriend because she's bi. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah, that's it. That's the extent of it, basically. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's definitely stuff like there's... Marco is not stated they cannot say the word mm -hmm. but he is canonically some form of gender queer and to the degree that there is a removed scene from the show wherein there is a doll of him wearing a trans flag dress oh yeah i i saw the i saw the do picture of the doll you posted i didn't realize that was the deleted scene yeah that didn't make it into the final episode no 
I guess even Disney would be like, hey, we see what you're doing here. These, this color scheme is pretty on the nose. I think I figure out what you got here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, it's very it, it's one of those situations. It's very much like Lake where the characters are queer. They're just not allowed to say it. Yeah. I also just realized that in that description there, you also uh, did not bring up Nimona, which released only two months ago, not even a month and a half ago, and is like very even more overtly queer. <laughs> well, that's true, but I didn't really want to bring up Nimona in that comparison because it's a movie and not a series. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the difference. Obviously, like it's a shorter movie, like it's like two hours and change, so like you obviously don't have as much time, which is why like you know we never really get the full context of like why of how like uh. Why am I drawing a blank on the name? <laughs> Fuck. Ballister. Ballister. I was thinking ball. Ball. No, Ballister. It's because <laughs> I. It's because I've seen people talk about ball spawn recently. With regards to <laughs> Baldur's Gate, that it's like that's why I was thinking it's ball. Yeah, ba uh, ball. Ballister and uh, Golden Loin. <laughs> like we don't get the full context of how they met and fall fell in love or whatever, but it's like they're still overtly queer. They are on screen at times, yeah. holding hands and kissing and stuff. And then Nimona is just a trans allegory, like to the point where they have the stained glass, like well, not stained glass, but like the the trans flag, like mm -hmm. picture in the background of her at one point when she's being like, "Here's why I shapeshift because it feels bad to not." <laughs> Do you get it? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just like I say, it's so much, especially with Nimona, because it had to compact so much of it into that short time frame you know what i mean like yeah the weirdness mm -hmm. was always going to stand out bigger and better and that's why it's kind of a miracle that it got made <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it got canceled like 75 percent of the way in production <laughs> explicitly basically because of it being very overtly queer because again disney sucks mm -hmm. yeah well i mean also because they killed uh the ice age studio <laughs> as well because <laughs> disney sucks <laughs> turns out <laughs> The mouse is uncaring and does not actually like he has he's all smiles and everything, but when it comes to money, the mouse is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah. Um this this has been a great ride and thank you for picking it. Mm -hmm. I had a fantastic time on the train. <laughs> yep. Uh, but we're I also guess. probably I mean, if we were on the train we'd be also fucking glad to be off the train <laughs> by this point. Are like, yeah, it was a fun experience, listening. but also Jesus Christ. I don't think I would best on the train. I mean... Oh, no. Yeah, definitely not. No. <laughs> like, the thing is, even if it was puzzles custom made to help me improve myself as a person or whatever, I don't walk around with all my pills in my pocket. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's the case of, like, if I found myself on the train, it's like, wait, no, my husband is at home. Fuck. <laughs> Okay, it's like, okay, it's Tuesday. I gotta get off in five days. <laughs> How do I get out? <laughs> yeah, not for nothing, but I take ten pills a day to make my brain work correctly. So oh, oh like... right, right. Yeah, I was just thinking of hormones. Not, yeah, you have... Well, that is including the more. hormone pills. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you have, like, way... You have a lot of, like, other ones, too, yeah. Well, no, that is just hormones and then the one Adderall. <laughs> uh Oh, right, right, because, yeah, because you, you mentioned that you had to go back onto, like, home stuff, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. because no insurance, yeah. so I'm on the homebrew. Speaking Yay. of, if anyone's interested in my knowledge of homebrew uh, hormone therapy, send me a ping. I know things. I can <laughs> hopefully be helpful if you need that. 
which some people do, I know. Yep. Some people but, don't live in great states and also don't have access to healthcare. I mean, to be fair, even the people who have access to healthcare, a lot of the time, healthcare does not cover shit because mm -hmm. America. <laughs> but my point being here, like, I go off my pills for four or five days and then it just clicks and I'm in my brain starts working differently. It's it's mm -hmm. totally strange and different. And if I had to go on the train and that happens to me, like I, I full on, I would not make yeah. it out because boy brain doesn't work correctly. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, in my case, I just know I'd probably be killed by something on the train. <laughs> I, I like, don't know. like the few times I've tried to get back in the ring fit during the pandemic, I've just been like, I feel like I'm going to die after like ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if something's chasing me, it's like, might as well just lay down and get over it. I ain't gonna run this thing. <laughs> well, I mean, the train is designed to work, so in theory, you shouldn't get yeah, chased but, by something but, unless you could outrun it. But there are some cars on the train that do have things that will kill passengers, like the winged snakes or the docents. The docents yeah, exist the literally to steal arms off you people. Won't bother them first. Grace was not bothering them, and they just showed up where, in that case, she was hiding in to sleep or whatever, and tried to eat her. <laughs> yeah, she was bothering them. She was invading their territory. No, she wasn't. No, she was just hanging out there because she couldn't find the door in the same day, so she had to sleep. Because also she had a six-year-old of her that needed to sleep, too. This, that doesn't matter. You don't invade a wild animal's territory. <laughs> this I is guess. basic wilderness survival. Okay, okay. Wing snakes aside, the docent still exists. If you find that yeah, car, you're true. fucked. <laughs> if you're by yep, yourself uh -huh. and you don't realize how to get off the train, you're screwed. <laughs> or out of yes. the car. <laughs> that car exists just to kill people, or at the least maim them permanently. <laughs> yes. <laughs> any point we should probably get to the question because we do have one <laughs> yes indeed so if you have questions for us you can send them to us at twitter which I say very specifically uh -huh. at usweirdoscast2 because we are on our second one because twitter broke also it is weirdos on co-host also, nev you never dead name a person, but you can dead name Twitter because fuck Elon Musk. <laughs> the thing is, is that Twitter isn't sentient and can't tell me it wants to change its name. Also that, yeah. Also that, the person in charge of Twitter might be trying to tell us that, but also fuck that. The brand exists for a reason, and you're just basically sh shitting on the brand as a whole. I mean, he has over the last year, but like very much so. When you take away the brand recognition, turns out you don't have a brand. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> if anybody uh, wants the extension that fixes Twitter to pre-Musk times, it's also at me. I can I can show you where that extension is, so you can download it for Chrome or Firefox. <laughs> ah. But yes, uh, so our one question today is from M. Healy at M. of Healy on Twitter. Uh, if it's set hundreds of years later and you're not playing the Bale Spawn, is there anything other than branding that makes it a Baldur's Gate game and not a general Forgotten Realms game? This is a you question because I have no answer. <laughs> well, the answer is yes. There is very specific stuff that makes this a Baldur's Gate game. And those are, uh, one, you go to Baldur's Gate. 
Like that's just the city <laughs> that you go to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tr- true. That, that is actually an answer I could have provided too, because it's always like <laughs> we should get to Baldur's Gate because there's people there that might have answers about. The- it it still amuses me how like I didn't think of it for so long. I knew that like the like uh, Mind Flayer parasite was always a thing because I heard people talk about that for years. But playing it mm-hmm. myself, I was like, wow, this really is just an Animorphs plot. These are just brain slugs. You're getting yurks. Ah. <laughs> I made that joke multiple times in the episode I did on the Patreon of like, oh, yeah, this is just an Animorphs plot. This is me getting yurks. <laughs> <laughs> Except in this case, the yurk is like, you know, trying to like subtly control you in ways, but it's really just kind of helping you out in some ways, too, because who knows what's going on? I don't. I'm 40 hours in this game. I don't know what the fuck's going on with the brine flares putting that in people, because there's like dozens of people with them in, and it's like, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, that's too many. Yeah. Some people are turning, but it sounds like most aren't. What's up? I'll find out <laughs> maybe a year from now whenever I finish BG3. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but the yeah. second thing is that, um, and this is spoilers for the game, so I apologize, and this is going to be spoiler for you as well, Viv. Technically, I don't even know this. I haven't reached this point in the game yet. I just happened to see it in an article, so oops, good job me. Yay! But uh, Minsk and Jahira are both in this game, oh, and they yes. are companions in both Baldur's Gate 1 and 2, so they have carried through the entire time, so that's... <laughs> yeah, I, I did see this, yeah. I mean, Jahira is a half-elf, so she just lives a long time. Uh, I heard details that, like, apparently at some point Minsk got, like, petrified, and that's why he's still around, like, 100 years something later. Yes, that is my understanding. And actually, there was a comic book that I read not long ago. I don't remember what it was, but it took place in Baldur's Gate, and someone accidentally animated him as a statue. So it was him, but he was an animated <laughs> statue and not unpetrified. <laughs> it, so did Boo also get petrified? Boo, yes. Boo must have gotten petrified too, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, you don't get Minsk without Boo. Yeah, exactly. I was like, it's like, oh, it would feel weird. Because, like, also, like, I mean, that's not a spoiler, because I remember, I don't remember, it was, like, something around, like, Naughty 3, where there was, like, another trailer for BG3, which it showed Minsk, like, basically, like, ripping himself out of, like, a uh, mimic, I think it was, in the trailer. Like, it's, like, it was, like, somebody doing, like, a voiceover of, like, and there's, like, some other guy who's, like, a little familiar with some of this shit, and it's, like, it shows him, like, forcing himself out of, like, a weird, like, mind... I think it's a mimic, because it looks like him, like, basically ripping the... essentially the jaw off of a weird chest monster, which I think it's... it must be a mimic. Listen, everything in this game is goopy and has too many teeth. It's true! Yeah, everything in this game has ever too many teeth or tentacles. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes maybe both. I don't know. I haven't I haven't seen some of the later monsters, obviously, because I'm still level four. <laughs> yeah. So, like, uh, I'll fully admit I don't know what the bale spawn means. I didn't finish the first two games. I don't know that word. But in my humble opinion, continuity of companions across all three games makes it a like that. That is enough yeah. to make it a Baldur's Gate game, even if you didn't go to the city. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm trying to look it up. I think I might have heard that maybe like it's like one of the companions or the player character in one of the games revealed to be the the Bale Spawn in, the, in one of the older games. I forget. I I think I heard something like that along those lines. Hmm. Well. That may be, but this isn't a Google Wiki show, so... 
Yeah, true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no matter how Bale's much we actually sometimes might. called a child of Bale was the mortal offspring of the dead god Bale. So it, it is, in fact, a wiki show. What do you know? <laughs> I mean, how uh, we often do be like, I actually want to look that up. <laughs> like, that's like every episode where he's like, I don't know, I'm going to look that up real quick to see if there's something we're forgetting <laughs> about whatever we're talking about. <laughs> yes. But yeah, um, that is all for our questions today. Yeah, we don't know if there's any of them, obviously, in the third game. There might be, there might not. Who knows? Yeah, anything's possible. Mm-hmm. But since that is our only question for today, I do have one freak's take, because that's how it works. We get one question, we get one freak's take. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie, some of these are pretty obtuse. Uh <laughs> <sighs> Uh, all right i'm sorry i just needed a second to prepare myself for this who knows why certain groups of people say certain things that's not a question (laughs) frank that's not a a question question. the question is who knows Someone I, out there knows why people say certain things, and we need to know who it see, is. Okay, I'm reading that as like him going like, "Who knows, comma, certain people say certain things." Period. No, that is not the context. <laughs> like there is statement. no comma there. Okay, well, I read that as like a statement rather than a question, I guess. <laughs> yeah, the question here is, who is this person who knows why certain people say certain things? And uh, I don't know. I, I don't know who this person is, but I suspect it's someone with uh, a lot more money and influence that they should have. Yeah. <laughs> Either that or they're a wizard. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that as I see a hard drive article uh, saying self-described Gryffindor lacks courage to hold on to any other beliefs. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> Which, hey, true. There's no other defining feature of those people, and most of them are not actually brave. They're just the jock house. <laughs> Which, I mean, I guess it's still technically better than the racism house. <laughs> uh, fuck that franchise. It's so bad that their categorization is you're either brave, racist, smart, or exist. <laughs> None of the above. <laughs> uh fucking franchise mm. yeah <sighs> okay well yeah i think that'll take us into trivia yes uh yeah i only have a, like two things because i already brought up the thing about amelia blowing up all the stewards because she's a dumbass <laughs> Uh, the two things I have mm-hmm. is we're going to cover Morgan's voice actor since we did not do that last time. Uh, she is voiced by Margaret Cho, who played Simone in Sharknado 5 Global Swarming. I just found that very funny, so I put that first. <laughs> uh, she <laughs> was a parody of Kim, Kim Jong-il in 30 Grok. She also played Birdie's mother in Tuka and Birdie, Jan in The Great North, uh, Margaret Kim in All-American Girl, which is like one of her main roles besides the parody of Kim Jong-il. Uh, she was also Charlene Lee in It's My Party, Wanda in Face Off, and aside from that, she's a comedian who is critical of social and political problems, especially with regard to race and sexuality, while also being an avid supporter of queer rights. So, hooray! Thanks for that, Miss Joe. <laughs> hey. Hey. The only thing I have <sighs> is, uh, in total, there were a total of five episodes without current title. These were The Engine, The Wasteland, The New Apex, The Twin Tapes, and The Train to Nowhere. 
just fun. I don't like five. it. That's too many. Well, it's like it's the finale. Oh, not the finale. It's uh, the finale of three of the four seasons because the Wasteland was episode eight of book two, if I remember correctly, and then the Twin Tapes was obviously the first one of book four. Right. So it's like it. It, it, it just, probably would. You know, four yeah. seasons. There should only be four of them. Yeah, like I get that. Like obviously, like it was a little bit difficult for them to like figure out a way to have a title of like with Car in it for the first episode of the season, with obviously the Twin Tapes, but like. It kind of would have been weird for them to try to th- figure out also like a car title for uh, the pr- the last two because it's like it's the cast. Wait, I just realized they have two different car titles for the one the same car because it's the hedge ma- it's the it's like the the mega maze car and the mm-hmm. castle car, but they're in the same train car. Well, that's not the first time they've done that this season though, because remember the uh, the, tr- the party car and the Astro Q car. True, which is weird. <laughs> like, I mean, it's like I remember, like when it was like it, like the black market call and the family tree car. But it's like even though like over half of the the black market car also takes place in the family tree car, it's just that they spend the entirety of the following episode also in there after Alan Dracula falls in the hole. But it's like that at least is like that's still two different cars for two different episodes. Multiple yeah. times they have different names for one car. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it just depends on like I guess in those cases it's like there's like a set location inside the other car so it's distinct for that but we didn't we didn't have that for the carnival that Samantha was running back in book two that was still just a lucky cat car as a whole but there was also nothing else besides that field around the lucky cat like carnival I guess mm-hmm. compared to like there was like a big queue outside the the club and then there's the big maze around the castle but that's so weird <laughs> still strange yeah sure yeah. is yep but that's all the uh, trivia i had i mean there obviously wasn't going to be a whole lot of new trivia for the two episodes leading to the finale and all so yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad that i'm glad that i waited to cover morgan's voice actress for this because she actually has a role to play in these two final ones compared <laughs> to the last time when she had one line yeah. <laughs> telling kids fuck you you shouldn't come back <laughs> Uh. <laughs> well okay that's um that has been a time but there's mm-hmm. one more thing that we have to talk about before we disembark for good ah yes our our, the, our next destination as it were <laughs> indeed because what kind of show would we be if we just left you hanging <laughs> <laughs> Oh wow, that would be insane to do so. Because like, if I did not mention what we were covering in the social media sites, people would not know until like when the first episode of the next thing comes up in like October at this rate. <laughs> Hi, we're that'd covering be... a mystery thing. Ask us about yeah, pirates yeah. and explosions. <laughs> yeah, that'd be that would be that'd be crazy if we did not say. <laughs> it's like, sorry, you gotta, you wouldn't even know that we weren't gonna say until then. It's like people wouldn't know this because again. uh... By the time this episode goes out, it'll be like pretty close to October already as well. Anyway, yep. So we would though we would go like two months not telling people what we're covering, but nobody else would know this because these episodes would just come out one back to back recently. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness, yes. Uh, well, as you may have guessed based on our past two episodes we have been feeling a little bit weird about this whole strike thing on account of rewatch podcasts are specifically not supposed to be going on during this strike and like let's be real we're not influencers in the way that they want people to be like yeah 
we get about 30 listeners an episode and that is fantastic and we love you but those guidelines are generally for people who have bigger reach you know yeah this it's, is it's more for people who are more like making a living off of like the podcast they do and stuff like that exactly but nevertheless even though we were cleared to finish our coverage of infinity train we are just a little leery of moving on to basically anything on account of all the other stuff we've been talking about is still available on platforms and we don't want to be driving people there because yeah like most of the things we were discussing were like stuff on like netflix or even like I think you said one was on Peacock, right? Uh, one of them was on Apple Plus. App- uh, Apple, right, right, yeah, Apple, yeah. Like, and another one we had the option that was like, is like Disney. It's like, hmm, which of these is the lesser evil? Turns out none of them really. <laughs> They're all equally exactly. bad. <laughs> Disney exactly. may be the worst. Uh, yeah, I would, I would probably be safe in saying Disney's probably the worst of them. <laughs> uh. I mean, I guess, listen... I guess they are. They're kind of close to Netflix at this point, but Disney is a much larger. They, Disney has amusement parks. Netflix doesn't have that. Disney has other stuff besides just TV shows and movies and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> I that just Netflix like, dies. I'm I'm just thinking about Apple Plus being a part of Apple, the company. Yeah, who actively true. employs slave labor of Uyghur Muslims yeah, in China. And... Yeah. So maybe Disney and Apple are even, but Netflix is definitely a tier lower. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So the point being, <laughs> they are all bad. And in solidarity with the strikes, we do not want to promote anything that would drive you to those platforms, even if we are encouraging theft, which we do. But that's not the point. Iron everything. <laughs> Don't pay for shit. Well, Except Boulder's Game, maybe, actually. Larry exactly. Studios. Larry and Studios actually deserves the money. They are a smaller company. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so to that end we are at the very least for now we'll see how long uh, you break... sorry you were breaking up again but i think you're i think you're fine now okay um yeah so obviously we will see how this goes how long the strikes last because the strikers will win that's just inevitable yeah it's it's really gonna depend on how long they last is how much of a turn we make because starting next week we are no longer going to be covering queer cartoons yeah it's gonna (sighs) be a it's it's weird that it's like it's kind of a weird departure but it's like it's not like we haven't already been doing something like this already on our other show anyway (laughs) This is true. Yes. So starting next week, we are officially going to be pivoting into queer tie-in books about cartoons. <laughs> That's certainly a way to describe it. Yeah. So it's not inaccurate. Will... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So next week we will be starting. Uh, I'm just going to say the rise of Kiyoshi the first time by F.C. Lee. It is a book set in the world of Avatar The Last Airbender. It is, in fact, a prequel to most of the rest of the series, but uh, it's gay. And it is about what is tangentially a cartoon. So while we are not talking about the cartoon itself, we're still kind of doing our what we can to stay on theme without promoting, if that makes sense. Yeah, we're doing something Avatar adjacent, just not the actual two shows. Which is, exactly. At this point, if you haven't seen Avatar, you know, steal it. Don't pay for it. Uh, but I feel like most people listening to this probably have actually at least, you know, they're at least familiar with the concept of Avatar and its world, especially again because Korosami. Mm-hmm. 
exactly. So we're, we're definitely covering this first book in its entirety. And depending on how long that takes and how long the strikes last, we'll see what happens after that. But mm-hmm. for the moment, um, and I just have to say this at least once because it's ridiculous. They named these books so badly. I'm sorry. The full <laughs> title of this book is Chronicles of the Avatar, colon, Avatar, colon, The Last Airbender, colon, The Rise of Kiyoshi. <laughs> oh, my copy doesn't say that. I'm looking at it right now. I just see, like, it says Avatar, The Last Airbender at the top because, yeah, like, you, they introduced Kiyoshi in, obviously, the first series, not in Korra. But it just says The Rise of Kiyoshi on the title. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a lot. <laughs> I think you might have a different copy than me. <laughs> well, I want to be clear. That title is not printed on the cover because that is too long oh, and no okay. one would buy it. Okay, so so it's probably like part of like a like here's like all like it's probably like something they include like the graphic novels of both Aang and Korra in there. It's like this is all the chronicles of Avatar or whatever bullshit. It's just they're like it's they're like basically like well, this is our chronicles expanded of the lore. Avatar. Chronicles of the Avatar is specifically the four book series written by F.C. Yi. So it's oh, like, that is oh, why. Right, because right, uh, they yeah. they wrote ones about the waterbending guy who gets got by Ko, the face dealer, right? Uh, no, no, they did not. There are two Kyoshi novels and then there are two Yang Chen novels. Oh, right. right. Yang Chen was the airbending avatar before Aang. Right. Okay. Right. Yep. Yeah, I, sure indeed. Right, Kuruk was the guy who's like, I didn't give a shit about being the Avatar, and then my wife got killed by Ko, and I tried to go Ko, and then he got me too. Whoops. <laughs> he lived to be like 36 uh, or something like that. <laughs> well, hey, I tell you what, we're going to have some discussions about Kuruk in these books if we cover both of them. Yeah, so. yeah, I did I did briefly look at like the, fir- like the front, and I definitely were like, yeah, it's been like seven years since that idiot died. He sucked at his job. <laughs> <laughs> There's problems because he did not do anything. <laughs> I tell you, I mean, you oh, get, yeah. you, you know, you're told that you're supposed to bring balance to the world. Eventually, some people are just gonna be like, "Fuck that! I want to surf." <laughs> well, obviously, I don't want to dive in too deep because this is what these mm-hmm. books are about. But what we will learn from uh, Kiyoshi is that Kurok's whole thing was that he wandered around the world hunting down and killing the most dangerous spirits. That was like his thing as the Oh, cool. Cool. Good job, bro. That definitely isn't going to cause problems for uh, Korra in particular years later. (laughs) Surely not. (laughs) Yeah. um, So it is moving a little bit into new territory for us, but also not because, of course, we have book experience thanks to the X-Files. So... I hope y'all are willing to stick with us through this experiment, but it's just, frankly, a matter of morality, because when it comes down to it, like, yeah. the only way to ensure that everyone is treated fairly is solidarity forever. Yeah, yeah. it turns out when we decided on this idea, like, uh, what, like a year and eight months ago, we weren't considering that they might just be like, yeah, it's a weird time to watch, like, any, like, media at all. Just because of, you know, all the problems with a couple of assholes having all the money and power in the world. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, much like everybody else during this time, like, and, you know, the larger productions, even including, like, you know, people like, uh, like Austin Walker and his crew over with doing, uh, you know, more civilized age. It's like, Uh, yeah, people got to pivot. (laughs) (laughs) We we also are still trying to figure out. 
Oh, sorry. I was, I was just going to say, we're also trying to figure out, like, how many chapters we're doing each week, because, like, I skimmed through them, like, I skimmed through my copy of the book, and it's, like, it seemed like there was, like, around 31 chapters, but some are, like, really short, like, like four or five pages, and other ones were, like, 30-plus pages, so we'll figure it out, I guess, as we go. <laughs> yeah, this is going to have to be an adaptive situation, because we can't just say three chapters each like you do with Animorphs, because yeah, the chapters yeah. are not evenly balanced. <laughs> yeah, like, chapters and Animorphs are, like, two pages max. <laughs> like, all the time, except, like, once there was, like, one that was, like, three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so um honestly i think i'm out of stuff to say are you good yeah i think we're good we went kind of along with this one which uh i mean it's kind of a weird case where it's like i feel like it's not because it was the infinity train finale i feel like it was just because we spent like almost a whole hour talking about uh Baldur's gate i almost said battlefield <laughs> yeah well i mean we did nobody talks about battlefield anymore <laughs> Yeah, we did spend an hour on Baldur's Gate, and then we spent about an hour and a half, hour 45 on the actual episodes, and yeah. then the rest of it has been uh, talking about what we're doing next. So that's very yeah. reasonable, I feel. Yeah, like pr pretty close to like our usual length of like, yeah, we usually have like a like 30 minute long preamble and then like, you know, around like two hours for the rest until we're done. So I guess that's pretty yeah. average. Exactly. So we will see you next time in the uh, in the halls of the Earth Kingdom. But until then, yeah, I I'm good. I'm really curious how you're going to call me the most wanted criminal in this because we don't know the name of like the entire world of Avatar. I think, right? <laughs> well, that's true, but I don't usually. We'll talk about it. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, at this point, I'd say there's not much left to say. But remember. <laughs> Us weirdos have, have to have strike to together. together. That's right. Fuck, I forgot. Also, we didn't plug our <laughs> we didn't plug our uh, social media. You know where it's we been are. A Go three find hour us. episode. We don't. Yeah, y'all know where we're at. Go find us. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Bye.